0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on July the 31st, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, tonight's wild card,
1: Caffeine Rage.
0: On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games that we played this week... We're going to be going over our July Game Club, which is Fallout New Vegas. Uh, We'll be talking a little bit about what we're going to be doing for next month's Game Club, which we've already said, so spoilers, Fallout (laughs) New Vegas again. We'll also be discussing some news topics. A Steam game is accused of scamming players and crypto mining. The PUBG Corp. details its five years eSports plan, but yet they say they're not eSports ready. And we're going to have our Steam Discovery queue this week. No Community Corner, but that's all because timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. How are you today?
1: Uh, doing... well, somewhat okay. I'm still kind of waking up. I had a nap. uh, The cobwebs are still there.
0: Yeah, I didn't have a nap, so... Fingers crossed, there won't be falling asleep like an hour and a half in.
1: Well, if I just hear a a thunk and then uh, snoring we know, what, know happened.
0: what happened yeah i uh, i'm also a little bit off kilter this evening cuz we got started not too late but a little bit late my uh my kid is starting pre-k this year so we had to go to a school orientation and it was boring and it was in like the gym and it was really hot of course uh,
1: because you know they can't uh, have it in air conditioned portion of the school
0: no they can't but his his, his teacher is, seems like a really nice lady, and she gave him candy, which, yay. But it was all right. It's fine.
1: What, bribery at uh, such a young age?
0: <laughs> so we got home a little and, and late. And it's not stickers? Blasphemy! He did get stickers, too, but he also, he got like a little, all the kids got like little goodie bags with a, a sucker and some stickers and some kind of like owl-looking stuffed toy thing. I assume those were just like on sale or something. um, uh. And there was one other thing in there. I don't remember what it was. But yeah, it was cute. But we got home a little bit late and they had dinner and I wound up not eating dinner for reasons that involve things that would probably gross you out. So I won't talk about them, but I'm, I'm doing better well, well, now. A, well, there's a start. I'm doing better now, so might have some dinner halfway through here. I don't know; doesn't matter. Off kilter, it's fine. It's fine. We'll do it live. We'll press on, because that's what we do. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
1: so almost yeah, well, just... like we took a, you know some sort of uh, massive uh, head to the uh, uh, head trauma, you know.
0: Indeed, indeed. So let's just dive in. Uh, Rage, what games have you played this week?
1: Well, I've got two of them this week, and one is going to be very short, and the other one is probably not going to be as short. But then again, that's kind of how things usually play out for this sort of thing. Uh, I got a review copy of This is the Police 2, uh, and I intended to do a video on it, but I hit a show-stopping bug where my computer just did not like the tactics portion of this game, so it was locking up. So I wasn't able to record it, but I played enough to have thoughts on it. And most of my thoughts are, Ew. Which is a shame because I actually really liked the first one. Uh, I think my biggest problem with this game is, well at least in the 1.0 version because they've already released a patch and addressed the balance issues. Potentially, they at least said that they are, but in the review copy and the release version, because they actually accidentally hit the big red button a couple of days early, <laughs> so it was not supposed to come out for another couple of days, but it got released anyway. Uh, th- there should be some sort of safety cover over the big red button, shouldn't there?
0: <laughs> yeah, there should be.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's one of those things you you know you flip up, and it has that a- alarm playing. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, But yeah, my biggest problem with this is the police too. Well, I have several problems with it, but my biggest one is what I'm going to call the failure conga. Where it snowballs very, very, very quickly. If you screw up once. And... Screwing up can be completely out of your control as well, which is even more fun. So, I, I guess I should say what This is the Police 2 is, and then we'll go from there. This is the Police is a mixture of a, I guess, a graphic a novel or a visual novel, but even though it's not the traditional visual novel sense, it but cutscene heavy. I mean, very, very cutscene heavy. The first half an hour is essentially just one long series of cutscenes. Management, real-time strategy, and light uh, XCOM, turn-based strategy. (laughs) Uh, You play Jack Boyd uh, from the original This Is The Police. He is on the run and hiding out in this uh, little town called Sharpwood. And through a... Rather strange turn up events that could only happen in Hollywood. He ends up essentially leading the police force in this small town. Mind you, he is a fairly wanted criminal at this point because of the events of the first game. And they don't do any sort of recap of the first game. So if you hadn't played the first one to completion, which I didn't because towards the middle of that game, it starts to drag. Where it has a lot of filler content and not a lot of real story, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, you know, help you. It doesn't give you any. Uh, you know, last time on this is the police or you know any sort of backstory. It just throws you into the deep end, which isn't a bad thing. But there would have. It would have been nice to have some sort of catch up. You know, right. Especially since they are pricing this at a bargain uh, price of fifteen bucks on release. So, uh, through some rather weird circumstances, you end up leading the police force in this town that's lost two cops in the last few days, including the sheriff. So the interim sheriff, uh, Lily Reed, is more of an administrator than an actual uh, leader. And everybody is just walking all over her. So uh, Jack sees this opportunity to essentially get himself... Out of jail because he got arrested because not because of anything that he did, but because the local gang was hiding drugs out under the house that he was renting. <laughs> and uh, this game is pretty much essentially you know, any uh, Hollywood uh, corrupt cop story. I mean, more so than the first game, which the first game could get a little bit out there at times, but still felt grounded. This one, in the first set of cutscenes, uh, one of the uh, uh officers is literally saying they're saying, "You know, give me a reason to blow your brains out." While Jack is prone on a table with the gun hit to his head, you know, just way over the top, you know. Yeah, granted, he I- does get his revenge later, but it's uh, comical almost. Oh, but yeah, and there's this weird story gameplay segregation that really doesn't make any sense because Jack Boyd, uh, the character, which is voiced by his dukeness himself, John Saint John. <laughs> nice. Uh, is this no nonsense? Uh, yeah, will beat the hell out of his subordinates because uh, they backtalk him uh, in the cutscenes, but. During the management portion of the game, you're walked all the fuck over. So that, that's where the start of the failure of Congo really originates. Is that because this is a small town, you're actually dealing with a smaller pool of policemen and women, of course. Uh, police people, or or, or or policemen people, or I don't know what's politically correct these days.
0: Um, p- police officers.
1: Uh, okay, thank you. So, the uh, police officers are children. I mean, they're not children children, but they act like children. They're spoiled. Uh, Unless you do something to earn their respect, which is a random event they'll be just completely insubordinate to the point where it's laughable to try to get them to work together. For example, in the starting set, you have this woman who refuses to work with anybody that is that she views less uh, professional than herself. But she's also in the top 25% of the professional standing. So she won't work with a, you know, three quarters of the force to begin with, which is fucking frustrating and they don't say it at the beginning whenever you're setting up your shifts there's n- another officer that is pretty much my, one of my best men on the force who refuses to work with any woman there's several that are drunkards that will come in you know, completely plastered and if you send them out on a call there's a high chance that they'll actually wreck the car and be out of uh, action for several days or just killed outright there's several layabouts where they'll just do one call, maybe, and uh, they won't uh, uh, do anything else. So you're having to take essentially just uh, pages and pages of notes to figure out you know, the right combination. And this game punishes you for not knowing the information that it doesn't give you. Because if you set up your shift wrong for the next day, to bring in the wrong sort of people, like, you know, the a woman that refuses to work with anybody that she deems less professional than herself. Well, if she's brought in and she's the top dog that day, or the professionalism status, by the way, essentially your, uh, you know, your experience points. And as you get more professionalism, as they go out and do successful calls, they level up and get traits. But if she's the top person, she won't work with anyone and she refuses to go out by herself. So what the fuck?
0: Yeah, that, uh, (laughs) that sounds like a problem.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) And it's very, very easy to lose uh, the respect of the officers because let's put it this way. I had one that I lost respect for because I tried to equip them with a baton. He didn't like batons. (laughs) Okay. And when you lose the respect, uh, you know, they start acting up a lot more. And they also seem to be less effective on calls, which uh, this ties into the management uh, systems where uh, throughout the day you'll get calls. All right. Yeah. Uh, Think of it as like 911 dispatcher where. you're looking down at the map. This it, is pretty much verbatim from the first game, and uh, a call will come in. You know, for example, some of them are rather wacky. You know, uh, just you know, a uh, drunk person. But then you start getting rather more serious ones. Like, and I'm not joking on this one. Uh, a grandmother caught her uh, grandson masturbating and threatening to castrate him with a sickle. <laughs> Wow. So, each call has a certain threshold of professionalism. Like I said, is your, your essentially overall experience. And you have, I think, seven or eight slots for uh, police officers to send out. And if you do not meet their threshold, you cannot send anyone. Which is like in the first game, but you have a lot smaller pool and there's a lot more infighting between the individual officers so there's several times that you'll have to replay the day over and over and over again, Groundhog's Day style because a random event happened uh, during uh, uh, one of these uh, calls that man knocked out someone that just caused a line of failure to the point where you lose essentially the entire day of progression because you know you know your top guy gets hurt. Well, you also have uh, you know the bitchy woman who uh, refuses to work with anyone that uh, she deems less professional, professional, essentially lower level than her, and won't, won't go out by herself. So because of that, you you're essentially down two people now. Well, your other guys, you may have one that's just saying they're you know spinning in his chair going, <laughs> call back and you may have a drunkard that you don't want to send out, but uh, you know, you may have to anyway, because you know, everybody else is just being uh, a you know, little whiny children. Or if you don't send them out, you're not going to meet their threshold to begin with. And this is on top of the stat system, because as you level up, the officers uh, get points in, I believe it was six, six, six stats. Uh, you know, things like strength, intelligence, uh, uh stealth uh negotiation and I'm bl- uh shooting and then I'm blanking on the 6th 1. And these stats essentially are controlling the behind the scene dice rolls on these calls. So if you send out you know, uh, send, let's take the uh you know the uh, sickle uh, grandma for uh, an example. If you send someone out that doesn't have a good negotiation, you try to talk her down, you have a higher chance of failure. And she may attack the officers and may kill one. So, yeah. (laughs) So, you have a a secondary thing on top of all the management, which isn't a bad thing on itself, but the fact that the officers are being such bastards to one another to begin with makes it exceptionally frustrating. And then, on top of all this... Uh, can you tell uh, this game kind of pissed me off
0: yeah it's uh and you're not describing something that sounds like really good or anything uh, like, this it has potential like it's got a lot of design issues
1: yeah this has some design issues it is fixable but it needs a lot of work at the end of the day you get your currency which is beer tabs because why not right uh two tabs yeah uh it turns out the police uh, department has a drinking problem or something. Uh, but there's a reason why there's in, uh, there's a, a different currency for the, uh, essentially the progression system uh, compared to actual dollars, which we'll get to in a little bit. Well, uh, you are able to cash out beer tabs to buy new officers or new equipment. And like I said before, I pissed off one of the officers because I tried to give him a baton. Well, you only get an option of buying three things at a time or buying different officers. And you kind of want to start building out your pool very quickly uh, because, yeah, shit happens, right? And also, uh, all the officers also have a stamina meter. And as you send them on, on calls, they get more tired, which the more tired they are, the more likely they are to wreck because they fell asleep at the wheel because they were overworked, which, okay, I understand that one. But, you know, some of these officers you know, uh, refuse to come in anyway or, or just no show <laughs> which is also a pain in the ass so you may uh, end up having to make some sacrifices but the beer tab system you're rewarded for catching criminals uh, either killing them or just capturing them outright uh, going to calls uh, going uh, completing the tactical portion of the game which we'll get to or you lose them by not answering calls. Yeah, you know, for example, yeah, you know, if you know things turn out poorly and you're unable to meet the threshold, uh, criminals getting away, which could be pretty arbitrary based on you're essentially have two or three uh, multiple choice things that you could do to uh, on a call that's an actual call and not a false alarm. Uh, Civilians dying, which is compounded by the failure to meet calls. So uh, sickle grandma, by the way, is an actual real call. And if you don't meet the threshold, you not only lose tabs for not answering the call, but you lose tabs because a civilian died and a suspect got away. So you got a triple failure there. All right. So you have all that and also officers uh, getting injured and dying also count against you, which I understand the dying part, but injuries? Really? And it's not a, you know, anything that's in your bank is saved. You could have a good day the previous day and, you know, be building up to try to buy a couple of officers the next day, but then you have a day that where things just fall apart, either due to the conga or due to a story event, which there are events in the story where it has a forced failure state where it is literally impossible to answer all the calls. So you could have a day where your entire uh, progression is completely wiped out, including anything you had previously uh, on the beer tab system. And it's just unspeakably frustrating to try to build up your police force because of that. Then let's get to the tactical portion of the game, because why not? So, uh, the tactical portion is essentially a light uh, XCOM game, where, actually, kind of like the tactical system, uh, for save of one major thing, which I'll get to. Well, uh, as the officers level up, and you uh, assign uh, stat points to them, you also unlock traits, which happens pretty quickly, and you get a large pool of traits. You're able to bring four in for each officer. So essentially uh, able to really customize for each individual call, and you're able to bring in pretty much everyone. But you have to do it by the end of the day, and you have a longer of wait time to be able to do it, but if Yo, know, you wait too long, you immediately fail it because you didn't answer in time. Uh but any co- uh, officers that are out on other calls aren't able to di- be diverted to the call. So that ah. once again, it's there's a lot of this game is feels like forced replay. Yo, know, you have to know something's coming to be able to set up for it, which right. I find irritating. But okay, so you bring in your officers and you set them up and your loadout from the beginning of the day is also carried over. So, you know, the officers that have batons and uh, stun guns and uh, tasers and that sort of thing and uh, tear gas are also brought in and their uh, loadout is uh, allocated there as well. So you set up everything and there's a, uh, it's sort of like how XCOM 2 handled it where there's a stealth mechanic at the beginning of the mission But it's not quite as uh, XCOM handles it, where in order for the stealth portion to end, you have to either do something noisy, like shoot a gun, or the criminal turn has to go off while they're alerted. So if they spot a cop, you have essentially a turn to be able to try to either incapacitate him, just stun him for a few turns, or arrest him outright which I actually really like that portion. What pisses me off about it is that if you bring in somebody that is not loyal to you, which sometimes you have to, because you're a little low on comps to begin with, or you may uh, just had a bad timing because there's the calls are a static thing each day, but there seems to be a little bit of a window in between when the call happens. Uh, or uh, the uh, window that the call can happen, I should say, uh, during the day. Well, because of that window, and you're punished so fucking severely for your failure to answer the calls. You may want to bring in the cops that, you know, may not be all that great. Well, if a cop is not loyal to you, um, they'll run off on their own and do their own thing. Including just running straight into the middle of gunfire and getting themselves killed and then you get punished for it. Okay. And what's even worse is if you bring someone that you didn't realize wasn't loyal to you and uh, and would cause trouble and it's a mission where you have to be stealthy, first turn they'll run off and shoot at someone, alert the uh, criminals, and then you lose on the criminals next turn because they, you know, like shoot the hostage or blow up the building or whatever you know they're planning, and the only way to uh, get to that mission again is to start from the beginning of the day. You do have an option to restart the uh, the tactical missions uh, as many times you as you want, but you're not able to change your loadouts. You can change the uh, trait loadouts, but you can't change who you bring in. So, if you failed because you brought in someone that you didn't realize wasn't loyal to you, you are fucked. And this is on top of having to juggle all the other, you know, people not wanting to work together. So, you can also have the tactical missions where you can't bring in your best people because, you know, oh no, uh, that officer over there, that officer has boobs. I can't work with that. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, This game, I really, really wanted to like it going into it. But there's just so many mechanical portions of the game that is just fucking frustrating. Which I've gone on for about 20 minutes now talking about. (laughs) That It's hard to recommend, at least in its current state. Which is a shame because the voice voice acting is really good for the most part. There's a couple of people that are a little bit... Uh, robotic. You know, just obviously reading from a script. But they're few and far between. They're they're very emotive. Uh, the cutscenes. Uh, there's uh, essentially two different flavors of cutscenes. There's the you know static image of, of sort of visual novel comic book style where uh, you hear the actions going on and you'll see uh you know the essentially the pages turn. Yeah, you know, uh, a different image showing uh the action going on. But then you have these rotoscoped, uh, I'm assuming robots, rotoscoped, just because of how fluid they are, uh, cutscenes where it's full animation. And the full animation ones are done really well, but they're usually reserved for the more action-oriented. The first time you really see one is when Jack Boyd is essentially having a panic attack because someone knocked on his door. Uh, and he's yeah you know, fumbling with the gun, dropping the bullets, and he's sitting there yeah you know, with the gun... Uh, Pressed up against the wall. Uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, not uh, snap and shoot the guy that just is sitting there. Talking about you know, uh, trying to sell this guy an indoor toilet. And no, I'm not joking about that. And there, there's a real good level of stress that's conveyed by this cutscene. But it's just... It's a diamond under this giant pile of Manure. Which I don't think it's really worth uh, digging through, at least at the moment. It does look like they are patching at least some of it. But how much can they really fix on this is going to be the question. And this is on top of, there's two failure states, or at least immediate failure states that I've seen so far. If you fail to uh, get any beer tabs for three days in a row, uh, the real uh, sheriff there, Lily will call the feds on you. Also, you're being extorted by the mafia from the first game because they know where you are for some reason. Uh, Probably explained at the end of the first game a lot better, I don't know. Uh, If you do not make the payments to them, which is $20,000 a week, then you are called the feds on. And you get the uh, money by doing side jobs, which if you bring in the wrong people to do them, one, they may not do the job correctly and you don't get the money for it, or you may lose respect for them, which starts the failure conga line all over
0: again. (sighs) I see. So tell me how you really feel. Don't hold anything back.
1: (laughs) Uh, At least i am able to uh, say why the game sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, there's and also during these side missions, you're also able to get items, which help you out in the tactical missions, which is another reason why you want to do them, on top of, you know, just not failing the game. So you can hand off items to, uh, bystanders, because, you know, you have to pay for information in this small town, uh, to be able to be told essentially, oh, well, there's, uh, six people I saw go in, or, you know, uh, they're guarding this uh, doorway, so you want to go around this way, that sort of thing. So there's other reasons besides just story reasons why you want to do this. But, yeah, you know, it's annoying that, you know, oh, well, this guy, uh, you know, he's intelligent enough. He's able to do this. Yeah, uh, But, you know, you lose the respect for him. Uh, granted, you can get this back eventually by them saying, oh, well, I want to take a day off. Uh, because they only usually work two days in a row and then, you know, take a you know one or two days off to be able to recuperate. How much fucking off time do you need? All the time. And there's also an investigation se- uh, section, which also eats up officers. It feels like this game is built essentially for a police force that is about another, I would say, 25% bigger. Which you can get there if you use the beer tabs. But because, once again, the Failure conga, it's hard to build them up to be able to get the enough of the police force to be able to actually manage that big force. Or to obtain that big force, I should say. It feels like they built this game pretty much verbatim from the first one, uh, system-wise, and added to it. But they didn't account for the scope change. Which I really like the idea of a smaller town uh, police... Uh, management game like this because it does lend itself to more personal uh, encounters with the individual officers but when the individual officers are a bunch of dick bags it's a little hard to really want to deal with them you know i mean there's yeah. not really one redeeming officer that's shown in a cutscene, <laughs> at least in the first several hours and then it goes off and uh, starts uh, trying to tie in other story threads, which it does rather abruptly, which I'm assuming is from the first one uh, towards the end. But because I only got about halfway through and started hit the slog, it's, uh, you know.
0: Uh, yeah. Thoughts? Questions? Um, no questions. I mean, you definitely were extremely thorough. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this sounds like a game that I'd be interested in because it's so convoluted and messy and mechanically mm, br- broken, unsound, I, messed up. I would say mechanically unbalanced.
1: Uh, there's a, there's mechanics here for a really good uh, strategy management game, uh, but they uh, are fighting against one another and it, for really no reason. And a lot of the game requires foreknowledge that the game just doesn't give you. If there, was, if there was, the ability to be able to you know talk to the officers, uh, to be able to understand okay their particular traits or quirks. Then I would probably be a lot more forgiving about them being a bunch of infighting jerks, but there's not, and that's on top of, this just story gameplay uh, segregation where. The officers are walking over Jack, but you know, in the cutscenes, he's uh, the guy that uh, held the gun to his head and talked about, you know, uh, I got this itchy trigger Franker. He beats the fuck out of him with a mop in a cutscene. So why the hell is he taking the, this shit from, uh, you know, uh, the officers? I think story-wise, it would have made a lot more sense if it was Lily trying to, you know, uh, manage the uh, the cops. Because, you know, they are walking all over her in the cutscenes. You know, she uh, goes in to interview uh, this uh, suspect. uh, And, you know, she gets a couple questions off. And, you know, he pretty much uh, uh, is uh, saying, suck my dick. Pretty much. Well, I shouldn't say pretty much. He is literally saying that. And she goes out and, uh, you know, the other officers are there with, uh, you know, this briefcase full of interrogation tools you know, and she just admits defeat and just slinks off. The, for a game to uh, this story heavy to have this uh, big story gameplay segregation is pretty much unforgivable, to be honest. And this is on top of uh, yeah, and she she gets help from uh, Jack Boyd, you know, the protagonist from the first one, and he's a dick to her as well. <laughs> Uh, Which, to be fair, you know, he's not a nice guy, so, you know, it kind of makes sense, but, oh, Uh, she's, uh, she's just a literally, uh, she's a literal doormat. I mean, maybe over the course of the game, she gets redeemed, but, you know, it's, uh, I feel bad for her, but at the same time, I kind of don't, because she doesn't stand up for herself at all. And when she tries, she uh, backs down pretty much immediately. It just seems like she shouldn't be in the job to begin with. But then again, they have this convoluted thing to get Jack in the uh, uh, power to begin with. So, I don't know. Maybe with patching, it'll be a lot better uh, mechanics-wise. But there's some things story-wise that are just head-scratchers. Which maybe would make sense uh, with a little bit more gameplay. But that requires to go through all the mechanics mud and scum and... Ugh. Yeah, but hey, it released a couple of days early, so there's that much. Woo! Yeah, I think they needed a couple more days to polish the story and the well, not the story, but the mechanics and make it a little less punishing.
0: <laughs> Sweet. So you said your other game was going to be short. Do you want to go ahead and do it first, and then I'll do Jurassic Park last?
1: Uh sure. We're going back to the normal format where I talk about both my games.
0: Well, I mean, since it's just two and one, and you said your other one was real short. Yeah, so I wanted to have
1: something to talk about outside of just bitching about uh, this is the police, too. So I went to a game that I picked up during the Steam uh, uh, summer sale Superflight. This is essentially uh, a a flying squirrel uh, in uh, Minecraft worlds. Or, you know. Uh, Uh, the glider suits. I'm not sure what the proper term for them is, but you know, uh, you're flying around these procedurally generated chunks of land. And it's one of those games that is a very, it seems to be a chill out game, but then it's also not because you have this uh, sense of adrenaline as you're trying to build up your high score. As you fly closer to the land and do tricks like going through, these uh, generated tunnels, at you build up points, and there's this sense of adrenaline, but also kind of a zen-like thing going on where you know you're just kind of in the zone and uh, flying around, and it's for a very very blocky landscape. It does some very pretty stuff uh, on the graphical uh, graphical side of things. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the you know the chunks are fairly small and. Uh, you'll spend a minute at most uh, on most of the maps before you go through a portal or you just go too far away and you essentially black out and the next map is generated and you go through that one again. It's uh, pretty much uh, you know, one of those games that can be explained in one or two sentences, but there's a few mechanic quirks that are a little odd. For one, you're unable to perform a loop at all. You know you're essentially locked to the uh, 180 degrees, uh, well 90 degrees uh, positive and 90 degrees negative. So uh, you're not able to uh, do a really quick turnaround. And because you're a glider, you know you're constantly losing altitude, but also you're losing speed if you're trying to do uh, level flight. And there's not at least from what I was able to tell in the hour and a half of gameplay, there's not a really good indicator of your uh, speed before you start to stall. There is that sense of speed whenever you you know, dive down and build it up, but there's a difference between you know, uh, slightly uh, slightly below level flight where you're able to sustain, and a uh, per- perfectly level flight where you're s- coming up to your stall and it's not really warning you, which. It's a little off putting at least for the first I would say fifteen, twenty minutes before you really get a feeling for it. And also the camera is a little on the loose side. Uh it's a third person camera and uh most third person cameras, whenever you uh, uh turn, it'll uh you know, kind of turn with you to so that your character is essentially Moving to one side of the screen a little bit, and it's able to give you a little bit more of a feeling of where you're turning. This, it doesn't quite do that. So, there's a few times that I was turning, and it was it I was essentially blind for uh, outside of the, you know, a few feet in front of me, which was a little irritating, but something else that you start to get used to and uh, you're able to judge a little bit better. Uh, procedural generation sometimes bit me in the ass where there's uh, different flavors of chunks of land and some of them uh, generate a lot more tunnels that are able to build up points rather quickly but there's sometimes that it'll start to generate a tunnel and instead of a tunnel it's more of an indent that looks like a tunnel <laughs> uh, so I go in and kind of crater which was a little irritating particularly when I had a couple good runs going uh, this is a score attack game but it's one of those games that uh, don't Count on getting a high score because, um, well, let's put it this way I'm pretty sure the top score was somewhere in the neighborhood of the national debt in uh, uh, a numeric form. It was so large that it actually broke the high score table on the uh, main screen. So, okay. Uh, yeah, someone definitely is <laughs> uh, it, either godlike or hacked. I, I'm guessing hacked. But yo, yeah, it was several trillion points. And here I am you know, just getting a few thousand. But there's this, uh, you know, uh, kind of a mixture of relaxation and excitement that uh, it's really, really hard to describe without, yeah, uh, uh, really having another example of it, which I really can't think of at least offhand, where you're able to, essentially just, if you don't really care about your points and you just want to, you know, have some sort of screen savor or, or interactive screensaver, you know, just fly around and uh, do your thing, and not really care about getting the combos. But then there's, you know, that possibility to really dive in and dart between uh, canyons and go through that tunnel. And oh crap, it wasn't a tunnel, in <laughs> uh, a crater. But yeah, it's a cheap game, so you know, it's there's not a lot of meat on the buns, but it's one of those that you know you can pick up and play for five ten minutes and put down. Uh, It almost feels mobile-like in that, outside of the, you know, I imagine this would be absolutely terrible to try to control a mobile unless they do some sort of gyroscopic controls. Yeah,
0: it's... Yeah, but gyroscopic controls...
1: Yeah, gyroscopic controls are kind of ass.
0: Yeah, they never really work right. They don't seem to have gotten any better over the years.
1: Yeah, and uh, on-screen, thumbstick wouldn't work for this because it'd be obscuring too much of the screen. Yeah. Or, unless you have a transparent thumb, which, if you do, um, Medical Science probably wants to talk to you about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, that's something I never understood about the on-screen controls is, you're blocking a lot of the screen and that's not a big screen to begin with. Yeah. I will say that I was able to do a lot better once I switched over to the gamepad. It is playable with keyboard and mouse. Well, a keyboard. But, you know, it's one of those that Definitely is uh that it lends itself to analog controls of the uh, gamepad variety. But yeah, that's pretty much Super Flight. There's not a lot to talk about on it. It's just I've won something. Yep, at least vaguely positive.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a good. I mean, it uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a good sorry. game uh, to finish off. You know, your Steam wallet on a uh, on a sale or something. You know. Yeah, because it dips down to I believe sub dollar.
0: Yeah, it was only what? 2.99?
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's only uh yeah, it's in the uh impulse buy range to begin with. So uh Steam Summer Sale it goes down really really low. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, pretty much all the gifts on the uh store page it uh, shows you exactly what to expect from this. I just uh, wish it had bigger uh, land chunks because it's essentially just floating islands. It, it feels a lot like the uh outer lands from uh Minecraft where the uh, procedural generation starts to break down and you just have floating chunks. Yeah. But it uh there's just something about the aesthetic that uh works uh, really well. Uh, most of the time there you do get some maps that are just not quite that good. But then you get some that are just absolutely beautiful. And you don't have an option to save at least your current map. Something I kind of wish for is that if at the end of your run, uh, since it could span multiple maps, uh, each time you uh, get lower on the map, you essentially start high above it and you kind of glide down. Uh, there's portals, but you could also black out and it generates a new map. And if you hit a portal, it gives you points for that. But I wish that it had it where, at the end of your run, you're able to save individual maps instead of just your current map. So, you know, you hit one that you really like, you have to either, you know, force die or, you know, uh, just accidentally die. But, it, yeah, you know, it's it's a weird mixture of chillax and exhilaration. And I, I like, uh, uh, this game doesn't have helicopters, guns, leveling system, a soundtrack, loot boxes, a cinematic story, online multiplayer, Twitch live integration, character sense, oryx. <laughs> uh, sound card. We don't think you need one. You could uh, really just place a fan in front of you to simulate the wind sounds. Which it doesn't have uh, uh, music at all. It just has this wind uh, effect, which is probably what's uh, supposed to indicate your airspeed. But I wasn't able to really tell the difference between you know, level or level ish flight. And, uh, all crap, I'm about, I'm about to stall, uh, wind speed. Probably with a little bit more, uh, nuance, so I'd be able to do that, but, uh, usually you're pretty much on a downward, uh, spiral anyway. You know, much like, uh, me talking about this, uh, about this is the police.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, let, uh, let me talk about something that doesn't spiral down. Unless you use the wrong kind of fences and your dinosaurs get out and eat everyone.
1: No, the only spiral here is a double helix.
0: <laughs> Dinosaur DNA. Anyways, I played Jurassic World Evolution, the latest dr- game in the Jurassic Park series and the second real park builder game. There've been a couple of mobile games that are park builders, but they're Yeah, but we're talking garbage. real games. Yeah, real games. Um, And I've mentioned its predecessor. This isn't really a direct sequel to Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, but it does feel in a lot of ways like a spiritual successor. It's basically the same game. You build a park, you send dig teams out to get fossils, you research the fossils, you create dinosaurs. Uh, This one incorporates the stuff from the newer movies, which is the genetic modification of your dinosaurs.
1: Because that was a great
0: idea. Um, and you can do a lot of things with them once you actually get into the research tree quite a bit. You start out with some really basic stuff that's like, uh, you can modify your dinosaurs to resist disease, or you can modify them to, uh, be more or less aggressive based on what type of DNA you put in them. Um, but later on, once you've got the full range of options, you can, like, you can color your dinosaurs purple and, like, give them giant claws. And make them super aggressive and like make them fight each other. Like, you can get pretty crazy with it. Although, the more like intense modifications you make, the more expensive your dinosaurs become. Uh, So, I mean, eventually money becomes no object in the game. But until that point happens, uh, you don't want to encourage your dinosaurs to kill each other all the time. But that is one of the ways to increase your park rating is to have like one or two dinosaurs that are like kings of combat and just have them like continually kill dinosaurs to build up like a
1: wait so dinosaur fight club
0: yeah you have them build up like an infamy reputation which gives your park a boost and then you can trank them both and put them in a pen together and have them fight each other so you can... uh,
1: so they're famous they become infamous
0: infamous yes yes um That's, I mean, that's one of the biggest focuses on the game is the genetic manipulation of the dinosaurs and the like the big hybrid dinosaurs that are in the the two most recent movies, the Indominus Rex and the Indoraptor uh, are available, but they're like the, some of the last things you can research. Um, And they're really, (laughs) I'm really scared to do that because even some of the, like the the two dinosaurs that they're based off of, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor are both extremely aggressive dinosaurs that attack pretty much anything on site. The last time I played, I finally got enough uh, DNA together to create a T-Rex. And so I was like, this could be a really bad idea. Cause I don't have the strongest fences researched, but I thought, screw it. I'm going to, oh, so make not a T-Rex.
1: Expense here. Got it.
0: <laughs> I was like, screw it. I'm going to make a T-Rex. So I made a T-Rex and he came out and i like i put him in my biggest pen hoping that he would like wander off by himself wait uh would no, be he's... she <laughs> this, right that's <laughs> never mentioned in the game but you're right all of the dinosaurs are supposed to be female in the original Jurassic park yeah
1: see they would have uh, fi- uh, they would have fixed every single problem they had uh with uh, the original Jurassic Park if they all been male because they wouldn't been able to get busy right oh <laughs> uh, wait but, or, or no wait they uh based it off uh they filled in all the junk dna with frogs so never mind yeah uh, i forgot about that's, that. that
0: that's all of the filled in dna initially like as a callback like all the original dna is like frog dna and then you can change it to other stuff but anyways like I i put him in my biggest pen with the fewest amount of dinosaurs in it like to just give it a trial run and see how it went and he immediately goes over and starts killing everything in the pen. Like, he kills two other carnivores, and then he attacks... Uh, what's the name? Ceratosaurs? Which kind of look like smaller T-Rexes. And he he kills them immediately, and then he kills a Triceratops, and then an Ankylosaur. Like, he kills everything in the pen, except for the pair of Velociraptors. And they're just like, yeah, we're cool. <laughs> like, there's... This, I'm, I'm going to focus on this uh, that, for a little that, bit, because this is... Is
1: that a callback to the uh, original Jurassic Park? Uh, you know, they don't want to mess with the Vel- Vel- Velociraptors?
0: Maybe, but the Velociraptors... Well, in the Jurassic World, uh, the one that came out in, like, 2015, the Velociraptors helped the T-Rex fight the big bad dinosaur. And then... And the most recent one, they also like they have that like mutual respect for each other and don't fuck with each other. But yeah, I'm I'm focusing on the dinosaurs because that's where this game really shines. Like the dinosaurs are beautiful. Um, they got their animations looking like they do in the movies with the graphics cranked all the way up. It's it's not as good as the movie, but as far as like video game dinosaurs go, these are the best I've ever seen by a long shot. Um. They got the sound design of the dinosaurs down pat from the movies. I assume they just pulled all the sound assets from um, Universal from from all the movies. No, they brought in those. an
1: actual dinosaur. They oh, spared that no would expense.
0: Be... That's amazing. Yeah, spared no expense. <laughs> um, and I'm maybe listening
1: the... to the Jurassic Park theme in the background right now. By the way,
0: yeah, the, the dinosaurs all will sort of group up and behave communally and like you can just sit there and you can watch them and they'll interact with each other Um, whenever predators face off with one another there's sort of like this moment where they like stare each other down before a fight breaks out and sometimes they just decide like it's not worth it so they'll like sort of like circle around each other and then be like nah we're cool and then like walk away Uh, the takedowns whenever one dinosaur kills another are amazing Uh, and also when dinosaurs eat people in the park (laughs) That's also amazing. Also, to watch have Lawyer gi- Day. Yeah, to watch a giant carnivore break out of the pen and swallow a park-goer whole is just great. Aside from the fact that it tanks your park rating and you lose a shit ton of money to lawsuits. But uh, it's fun to watch. Or Velociraptors will like jump on people and like, rip them apart. It doesn't get super gory, but there is blood. And, I mean, it, there is there is violence, particularly between... The dinosaurs when they fight each other that's when the the animations get the most detailed in terms of like damage done um you have to to manage them properly keep them happy so they don't break your fences down but certain dinosaurs like the velociraptor or the t-rex are much more aggressive so if you don't keep them like perfectly happy they'll break out of of the pins and start killing people i mean the dinosaurs are amazing If you're as big a fan of Jurassic Park as my mom is, you should buy this game just for the dinosaurs alone. Like, that's all she does. Like The game itself is not too difficult, but my mom, historically, is really bad at video games. So, like, (laughs) I helped her get started, and she's just like, she texts me sometimes. She's like, I'm playing, and I'm just watching the dinosaurs. I'm like, I know, Mom. Here, let me send you this video of the T-Rex, because I'm way, way ahead of her. Um, And then the rest of the game is average pretty much all the way through oh well the soundtrack is amazing um they have paired some original score that matches the sort of tone of the original soundtrack but they've also thrown in the original soundtrack as well as the newer uh scores and soundtracks as well so the the audio is amazing the the music for each of the different islands you go to like they each have their own theme which is great. Um, One of them. So there's six islands in the game that you unlock as you progress. And I've got four of the six islands. uh, And one of them, which is Isla Nublar, which was the original Island has the original soundtrack that plays over it. So that one's my favorite. (laughs) Also, that's the Island. That's the sandbox Island where you have, don't have to worry about money or anything. You can just build and place dinosaurs to your heart's content. Uh,
1: What? You're not going to say it.
0: Spare no expense. Yeah. You could spare no expense. You can spare no expense on Isla Nublar.
1: Except for your locks on the doors,
0: right? Yeah. The little tiki bathrooms. Um anyways, what was I saying? I got sidetracked on the islands. Oh, I was talking about the score. Um, the the voice acting is really well done as well. Um they got uh Ian Malcolm himself, uh, which is you know just Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. Uh does but he did the wonderful. Laugh? He does. He's got he's got a ton of dialogue in this game. Um he's he's got a role similar to whoever reads the Civilopedia in whatever Civ game you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh that's essentially his role. And also he has like quippy things that are like Ian Malcolm isms where he talks about chaos and uh chaos theory and he gets a little flirty at times with people. You know the, the sort of rock star scientist vibe. He he pulls that off. Yeah, then you are well, uh, park
1: raining t- uh, tanks and you lose a, little butt, lunch, a bunch, of money due to sexual harassment lawsuits.
0: Um, they got some of the voice actors, some of the actors from the newer movies to do voices, but they couldn't get Chris Pratt. I assume they had to choose between paying for Chris Pratt or Jeff Goldblum, and they went Jeff Goldblum, which is the right choice. Yeah, but it is a little weird to see Chris Pratt pop up, and it's like you don't sound anything like chris pratt not even close which honestly is kind of part of the charm of this game i mean this game feels like a b movie like a double a titled video game it's got a, a lot of that charm oozing off of it um although my favorite my favorite part of the whole sound design is the voice actor who did arhu from divinity is your park like your assistant manager for the park So he's constantly talking to you about dinosaurs. And every time I'm just like, look at his picture and I'm like, you should be a cat right now. (laughs) You should, you should be a cat right now. The first, when I heard him the first time, I was like, that's the guy who did Arhu. I'm almost positive. I looked it up on IMDb and it is, and I I had like a little giddy schoolgirl scream, but um, the rest of the game just oozes, you know, B movie, double A title, like sort of a little bit of. Like everything works and is fine, but it's not great or well thought out. Like the park itself, your con like the, the system that they use for managing like what your star rating is for each of your parks on the various islands, because there's multiple ones that you unlock, which I'll get to in a minute when I talk about the one like big negative I have about the game. But the ratings sort of kind of makes don't make sense, but they just kind of like work eventually. And suddenly it's like, you'll be at like a three and a half stars, and you won't really change much, and then you'll be at five stars. And you're like, okay, I don't know what I did, but whatever it is, it's working. And no, you only no, have to... Uh,
1: it was one uh, of the dinosaurs ate another one. It was awesome.
0: You only have to achieve a five-star rating once to unlock everything for that particular island, like all the bonuses and everything that, that come from the various islands. So you just do it once, and then you're done, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. But, um... Yeah, that whole system is kind of in, not incomprehensible, but doesn't quite make sense. Um, there's lots of things that the game doesn't tell you that you discover later on, like like what I did about fighting dinosaurs. Nowhere in the tutorial or in the like encyclopedia in game or from any of the missions that you can do does it tell you that you can do this, but you can do that. You can create like a you know a dinosaur fighting arena and raise the rating on your park to five stars. And then once you do that and unlock the bonus, you can stop or you could keep doing it because it's fun. Um, It's got this little like super campy like mechanic where you can fly around the helicopter or drive the Jeep around for your park rangers. And you can like take pictures and stuff, but it controls like really badly and you can run pedestrians over you know forever and nothing seems to happen they just like fall over and they like raise a fist at you angrily but they don't care that you're running them (laughs) over or shooting them with the dart rifle i just realized i've never tried to tranquilize a park guest i should do that i should see if you can tranquilize a park guest but i've shot them yeah but i've shot them with like the the dart rifle that has like medicine in it whenever your dinosaurs get sick but you know uh, yeah, somebody you know,
1: coughs and you just hear this jeep in the distance, <laughs> uh, people screaming. And...
0: But yeah, the whole thing is really campy in the way that that works. But it's still a lot of fun, and you can unlock uh, the skins for or the skin for the classic jeep from the original Jurassic Park. There's no, thankfully, there's at least at this point no microtransactions. There's like a a game of the year edition or a special edition or whatever that has like some extra dinosaurs, but. There's 52 or 53 dinosaurs um, that you can get, and I only have something like 22 or 23. Um, and I've played it for about 10 hours, so there's a good variety that you can get to without even having to worry about that. But uh, like the whole thing, just you know, just oozes like B movie, double A, um, like the right level of silliness. But also, like it stands out in the area where it has to to be a good Jurassic Park game, which is with the dinosaurs and the whole park aspect. But the only thing that like really bugs the crap out of me is there's this mission system where that you have three park advisors. uh, People
1: complain about this.
0: Three park advisors, where that you have to do missions for them, which in and of itself is fine. This serves as like an additional like challenge and unlock system where you can get, like, the last, you know, few tech things in the game, as well as some bonuses if you complete these missions early on that will help you progress faster. Um, And that in and of itself is fine, but for some reason, these three advisors hate each other. (laughs) And if you do too many missions for one of them without balancing it out with the other two, they will actively sabotage your park and, like, shut down your power or release uh infections into your dinosaur pens or like open gates uh, so that park do visitors they ask you for the magic word? The... no but they should that would that would provide a little bit of of like redemption to this but it's so stupid I'm like why are you sabotaging the park because you're mad because I didn't do your mission when you wanted me to it it annoys me and it is actually like really cause some serious problems at points because a lot of the missions will like um require you to to like do something uh but when but someone gets mad and they shut the power off and it's like well now I can't order the helicopter over to take care of that thing I was supposed to do for the mission uh that timer's going to run out and it's going to expire and I'm going to have to restart the mission and lose 10 15 minutes millions of dollars potentially if dinosaurs also get out and eat people, stupid! It 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 bugs the shit out of me. Another thing that's just a little bit annoying, but not like super bad, is the formula for how they calculate how much money you're making. Instead of which Jurassic Park Operation Genesis did this based on individual park visitors, and they would go around and they would spend money on stuff, and so that's the how you would roller make coaster money.
1: tycoon style.
0: Right, but this one is a formula based on. Um, all of the factors for your park. So in general, like the higher the star rating of your park, the more visitors come in. But then you also, it calculates it based on um, like how many amenities you can provide. And it, you know, you can like break those out and see exactly how much each one is providing. But yeah. from uh, It's just like a, a per minute thing as opposed to um, <clears throat> on an individual park goer basis.
1: Yeah. I've actually which watched is a, a little bit, annoying. Sorry. Yeah. No. I was about to say, I actually watched a little bit of a Twitch stream on this, uh, actually a few times, because it looks interesting, but it looks like uh, a lot of the systems of the game are cosmetic only, where uh, people don't actually use the facilities.
0: Yeah, because people will wander towards any building, and so like they'll walk up to your power plant and like walk inside, and it's like, what are you doing inside the power plant? You shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to walk in there. But it's just, yeah, because they're not actually doing anything except wandering around uh, to be eaten at some point. <laughs> they, you know, they're not actually interacting with anything. But maybe it's that's why the power keeps going out.
1: Maybe now somebody just wanders into a generator
0: yeah, and they see- get fried, and the power <laughs> shuts down. Um, so the the uh, but yeah, that whole mission system is is how you unlock certain things and how you un. One of the ways that you can unlock the various islands, um. Because a lot of times, completing those missions will give you the reputation boost that you need to bump yourself up to, like, four or five stars to unlock the next island. So, like I said, there's six islands. The first island is, like, uh, the, the tutorial one where that nothing bad ever happens unless your dinosaurs get out. Like, there's no storms. The weather's perfect. It never becomes night there. It's perpetual, wonderful daylight. Um, and then the next one, you have to deal with hurricanes, and then the next one, you start with a park, like a pre-built park that's losing money, and you have to fix it.
1: Quick, start Dinosaur Flight Club.
0: That's actually that's what I did. I sold off a bunch of shit that I didn't need, and then started a Dinosaur Flight Club. And then the next island um, is really tiny, um, so you have to like make a thriving park with a really small area. And then the fifth island. I can't remember why the... I don't have the fifth island unlocked yet. And then the sixth island, uh, Isla Nublar, is unlocked by completing a certain challenge, certain set of challenges, which you can do before you get to, you know, the fifth island. Um, But you can only play in the sandbox with everything that you've unlocked previously. So it doesn't give you everything. So you still have to go back to your other islands and do research and dig for dinosaur bones and do all that jazz. Overall, it's a really, really good game, but if you're not a super big Jurassic Park fan, um, I, I think it's asking too much. It it would be well, really well priced at thirty five to forty bucks, and then what they've done is went ah, but this is Jurassic Park, so we're gonna we're gonna put a little little extra on there, and bumped it up to a full price release. I mean, the game feels and plays exactly like a good 35 to $40 double-A title would. But so you're they're, saying they're sale, on. right? Yeah, it, it, if you really like Jurassic Park, like, if you're really, really into it, I, I think it's worth it at its current price. Um, I wouldn't go for the, what is it, the, the deluxe edition. Like, you don't need those five extra dinosaurs. I guess if you really want them, sure. It's your money. I'm, you know, I'm not going to... Tell you how to it. Now spend what if it. they
1: put little hats in the dinosaurs?
0: Oh shit, I'm in. Thousand bucks. Take all my money. All of it. Um yo, but anyways. T
1: Rex has a crown because yo it is the king of the, the lizards, right?
0: It is. It is. But but yeah, anyways, if, if you're not like just the biggest Jurassic Park fan ever, uh it's it's worth it at, you know, thirty to forty bucks. But, you know, obviously if you're patient it'll go on sale eventually at some point for 10 or 15 bucks. And at that point it would be a steal. So I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with this game and I'm going to continue thoroughly enjoying my time with it. Cause I'm, I'm like my mom's love for Jurassic park is like a 10 and mine's like a nine. So I'm going to, I'm going to get all the dinosaurs, all the dinosaurs, well, and I make myself a really shiny, <laughs> lovely park with Dinosaur Fight Club in it.
1: Yeah, but we don't talk about Dinosaur Fight Club. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, I asked you a question uh, when I first saw you playing it, and uh, you had a bit of an answer for it, but you wanted to hold off on it. And I'm going to ask it again. What style of game is this is this more of a management game or is this more of a sandbox game where it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you go with the formula at least to some degree
0: um it's much more of a sandbox game um if you're patient enough and like don't want to like rush anything uh money pretty quickly becomes no object for you uh, the only island or the only time i've had an issue with money so far has been when I went to the island where the park was losing money um, and it took me a little bit to strategize how to fix that, but then I just like got up and went to the bathroom and had some food and did some other stuff and came back and like I had shitloads of money, well not shitloads, but enough money that I could like start making changes to the park so it's much more sandbox and then also there's some strategy elements involved. Just because of that mission system and making sure that you hit whatever target you need to to make sure you unlock everything.
1: But yet, don't piss off uh, your employees. But then again, yeah. you know that is kind of a simulation simulation aspect because historically, Jurassic Park hasn't had the best of hiring practices.
0: <laughs> That's true. I haven't. I didn't think of it that way. I guess in universe, it makes sense because you know, they've uh, been betrayed more than once by employees.
1: You know, only if they had a couple more questions on the interview. So, how do you like dinosaurs? Oh, I really like them. Welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, yeah, at least uh, you know, give a decent salary.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's much more sandbox than management or business simulator.
1: Which isn't a bad thing. It's just you know you have to go in with the proper
0: expectation. Right, right. It's a little bit more, you know, managey at the beginning before you get your, you know, get a few, uh, your first couple of parks going. But yeah, once you sort of get a hang on things, it's, you know, you just might have to wait a few minutes for your money to come in. So yeah, speaking of money coming in, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Want to go talk about Fallout New Vegas?
1: Uh, some of that pre-war money.
0: Got it. Aw, yeah. So, Game Club, uh, in case you're new to our, our little show here, you've never heard us do a Game Club episode before. Uh, Rage and I have very different tastes in games generally. Uh, and even the games that we sometimes play together, we can have very different views on it. And Game Club is a way for us to play the same game over the same period of time and uh, talk about it together and how we experienced it and what we feel about it and think about it. And for this month, the month of July, we chose to do fallout new Vegas, specifically the main story plot. Um, and I think this discussion is going to also include some mechanics and things like that. Whereas like we mentioned earlier, uh, depending on how that is edited, but we also have talked about it on the a previous episode when we do the part two of new Vegas for August, we're going to be focusing exclusively on the DLC. Yeah,
1: which will likely be a lot more story discussion because at least what I played in the DLCs previously, they didn't really introduce a lot more
0: mechanics. It was pretty much just yeah. pure story, which is fine by me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, New Vegas has got a reputation for being the most well-written of the modern Fallout games. So Fallout 3... New Vegas and four, um, and I guess also you could include Fallout Shelter in that, although it is not even the same ballpark.
1: Yeah, type which of game. Uh, well, also I imagine it's yeah, Fallout seventy six isn't going to really give it a run for its money because it's more of a online survival game from the looks of things.
0: Yeah, but um, but I think I would agree with that. Uh, oh Fallout, yeah, definitely. Fallout three is not a bad game. But it is much cheesier and less well-written, acted, and laid out than New Vegas. And Fallout 4... You haven't played Fallout 4. i played no. Fallout 4 a lot. Fallout 4 has got a lot of really well-written quest dialogues. Um, a lot of really well-put-together like discoverable story and discoverable quests and things. Um, but where Fallout 4 is really let down is the dialogue system the conversation system <laughs> because instead of actually knowing what you're gonna say it's just like one or two words that is supposed to convey what you're trying to say and but, it doesn't
1: really matter in the long run
0: yeah it doesn't really matter in the long run yeah
1: the meme is uh, yes means yes no means yes sarcastic means uh, uh yes and then the joke answer is usually a joke then yes
0: yeah So that really lets it down. But in Fallout 4, whenever other, you know, characters are doing their thing or you're going through the story itself, it's really well written and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. But I still think New Vegas is better. Like, New Vegas on our scale here is probably like an A for when it comes to the writing. Fallout 4 is like a solid B, maybe a B plus in certain areas, but, you know, average out to a B. I'd say Fallout Three is like a, a B minus, C plus to B minus.
1: Yeah, it really depends on the quest for uh, uh, Fallout Three because uh, some of them were all right, some of them were eh. at least from yeah. memory serves. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, also doing comparisons between the games mechanically, Fallout New Vegas is better than Fallout Three, but not as good as Fallout Four um fallout 3 had no um no like aiming like whenever you aimed it just kind of zoomed the camera in a little bit so there was no like aim yeah, down no, sights. yeah no iron sights. only with snipers only with sniper scopes did you get any sort of actual aiming yeah um, but for, even then it was pretty piss poor
1: yeah which for uh new vegas sometimes that uh is detrimental because some of the guns uh you know don't have great sights on them
0: yeah I, in, in Fallout 3, I I used VATS like, all the time. In Fallout New Vegas, I use it pretty frequently, but not always. Honestly, and then for it...
1: me, VATS was usually in uh, uh, New Vegas this time around, was uh, trying to figure out okay, what's shooting at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes, uh, uh, and this is a more uh, graphic, uh, possibly criticism, but also, this is an older game. Sometimes the enemies would mix in because of just the art direction you know uh, it most of the world is rather sandy because you know it is the mojave yeah uh and there's a lot of uh you know, browns <clears throat> and uh lighter shades of browns and uh, don't forget the occasional tan <laughs> yeah uh, so um, characters can uh you know become a little bit muddled in the uh in the uh, environment, so I would use Vats to <laughs> target on people.
0: Yeah, I and then I'll, I'll in Fallout Four, I almost never use Vats, although Vats is pretty pretty vastly changed in Fallout Four because in Fallout Three in New Vegas, Vats is a, a combat pause, um, and where in, in Fallout Four it just slows down time quite a bit, but it doesn't stop, so it, it makes you rethink the way that you play the game. But I, I like that; it makes you strategize a little bit more. Because VATS has always felt overpowered to me. Um,
1: well, there was a pretty big change in uh, VATS between uh, Fallout 3 and New Vegas to begin with.
0: What was the big change? Uh,
1: Fallout 3, you were pretty much invulnerable while uh, VATS was going off. So you could use it as uh, you know, a get-out-of-jail-free uh, card if you know uh, there was some sort of big explosion coming. And uh, New Vegas, you don't get that. Uh, granted, uh, New Vegas doesn't have it where uh, you have... Uh, easier time getting damage resistance through uh, due to the damage threshold mechanic, uh, which wasn't in 3, but you don't get the uh, you know, free ride in VATS for you know, being uh, uh, pretty much godlike.
0: Okay. So there was a change not, in between uh, the two. I didn't know that about VATS from Fallout 3.
1: Yeah, Fallout 3, VATS was uh, hugely overpowered. Granted, it's not exactly a wimp in uh, New Vegas, but it's more balanced. Yeah, okay. But that's also uh, counterbalanced by the fact that uh, if you're walking around in full power armor, you you, you shrug off a lot of damage, but that also makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. I also really like the change to power armor in Fallout 4. I initially didn't, but the more I played the game, the more I liked it. Because power armor in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas is just an armor that you wear all the time. Uh, whereas in Fallout 4, it's like getting into a, a vehicle, like getting into a, a, a mech suit, basically. Um, and that really changes the way that you're able to use power armor and really changes the way that it affects the game uh, because you can't just like depend on having all of this massive you know, damage tanking and also boost to your strength and endurance and stuff like that with, that power armor gives you. Um, again, it's another way that, that I could see people not liking it, but I did like it, just because it it had to force you to to learn new ways to to play the game. Because my basic strategy has always been like get power armor, and then everything else becomes a lot easier in Fallout.
1: Yeah, uh, for New Vegas, I was running one of the mods that adds more perks, and one of them was the ability to, if you had enough uh, stats in intelligence and science you're able to essentially teach yourself how to use power armor instead of having to go through a rather annoying set of quests. Yeah. Because honestly, um, I, honestly I do think, I uh, believe the Brotherhood of Steel is the my least favorite part of New Vegas.
0: Yeah, they're annoying. They're a lot more annoying in New Vegas than they are in Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. Just because of how tedious the quest line is mm-hmm. and what little reward you get from it. I mean, it's basically there... Uh, to get power armor, I feel like that's really the only point of it. Like yeah, one well, power also, armor without uh, using mods. Here's how you do it. Yeah,
1: and they also kind of reward you with uh, a few sets of power armor if you uh, do the companion quest line. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. By reward, I should say you murder a few of them but, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I I haven't. That's the companion that I've been using. I I've forgotten her name. Veronica. Um, Veron. Yeah. That's you. I've been having. Yeah, that was the stock companion, companion I used
1: as well. Granted, they don't really have a lot of companions in this game, but uh, that's also kind of talking about what Do Vegas could have been because Du Vegas had a year and a half development cycle, which is incredibly short for an RPG. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, granted, I mean, they... it is using you know uh, Bethesda's engine and a lot of uh, assets from uh, Fallout Three. And actually, some from Oblivion. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, well, I should say Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Yeah, give the full title. Uh, right. But, yeah, that's still a lot of writing, a lot of voice acting that just had to be done in uh, the original scope of the game. It had a lot more of a balanced, well, not really view of, but a lot more balanced content between the three factions. Or the three main factions, I should say.
0: Yeah, whereas the initial, or really the the released version of the game, I don't think they ever added anything for the Legion, did they?
1: Uh, no, The but the Legion was supposed to have three more settlements east of uh, the Colorado River. That yeah. was, was supposed to be non-militaristic, so the civilian life of the Legion, to give you an idea of what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, that was... It wouldn't have uh, made the Legion look better, in my opinion, but it would have made things a lot more interesting for him instead of them being a very thinly-veiled you know, big bad, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the 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 way that the game ends is you've got... Just, like, very briefly, we'll backtrack, but, yeah. uh- you know, there's there's basically fact, three major factions you can choose to... Uh, to side with Mm -hmm. or you can choose to um be the wild wild card card and yeah so um you can side with the legion you can sign with the ncr which is new california republic you can side with mr house which is new uh, vegas yep which is new vegas or you can go at your own you can go your own way but um what uh, what type of character build did you go with uh well
1: mine uh, since uh well I went really heavily modded even though a lot of my mods were more quality of life you know more perks the ability to choose perks more often uh one one of my favorite mods I was was able to run this time because they pulled it down I guess during the whole paid mod controversy uh was mm. a charisma based uh system for how many companions you can have because in New Vegas like in Fallout 3 you could have essentially one non-human companion and one human companion well what I did was I unlocked the ability to have all the companions I wanted but I still limited myself I think I had two modded companions and a stock companion as well as Edie which is another stock companion but yeah uh but my character was more uh of a non combatic uh uh not quite smooth talker but a lot, uh, a lot in, in in the intelligence tree and a lot of uh science and uh a little bit of stealth but not quite uh to be able to handle some of the non combat roles while my party uh, helped me out with you know the actual fighting part of uh, survival. Granted, I wasn't exactly a slouch because I do have my full power armor. <laughs> but still.
0: Yeah. That's that's honestly kind of what I did. I went, uh, maxed out my intelligence. Well, I didn't max um, out, but I,
1: I had enough charisma to be able to uh, handle uh, some speech checks as well.
0: Yeah, I maxed out my intelligence and my charisma is at 8 or 9. Um, and then I bumped up my strength a couple of points just to increase carrying capacity in the early game. I also heavily modded and went for extra perks and then mods that gave you more perk points to spend, so I could actually use a lot more of the perks because mm-hmm. the perks are really fun and and do a lot of stuff to change the game. Um, and I think in the, originally New Vegas only rewarded you every other yeah, level, every other level, perk. which uh, but I.
1: Uh, Really, really limited things. Yeah, Uh, but
0: I got a mod that gave me two perks every single level. Well, see,
1: I just did one a level because uh, more than that seemed like it would just be too much, you know?
0: Yeah. It was certainly fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I
1: had uh, some other things like, uh, well, for one, uh, if you, uh, well, with the Game of the Year edition that had all the DLC. One of the DLCs also gave you all the pre-order stuff. Uh, Which, yeah, I don't have a problem with. But the way they handled it was they essentially just offloaded all the stuff on you. So you were massively overpowered uh, at the very beginning of the game. I I did it where both the uh, Gunrunner DLC, which essentially was just a merchant with uh, uh, expanded uh, inventory of uh, goodies... That was put into the drop table as well as all the stuff from the pre-order stuff, so I was able to see a lot more variety of uh of uh, combatant, which was actually a lot more interesting. There was one encounter I had very early on with a uh, legion, uh, a group of uh, legionnaires trying to take over a caravan, and when the caravan people had this. Uh, not quite many nuke, but it was some sort of massive pulse grenade, and he threw it at the legion guard that was uh closing in on him uh but he threw it pretty much at the guy's feet when uh the guy was you know within a few feet so uh there's this massive congregation uh the screen kind of pulses for a moment and there's this flash of green. And then just body parts start raining from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, it didn't kill all the Legion, but it killed off the caravan, so I got free loot. <laughs> because that is one thing that... Uh, it's just the age of the game where, you know, there's not a lot of... Uh, there's the fights that, you know, feels like raiding parties and that sort of thing, but they don't actually raid the uh, the bodies. So it's free loot. And they just don't care if you you know come in and take you know, all the guns,
0: right off of off of the dead bodies. As long as the bodies are dead,
1: yeah. Uh, but that once again, that's just you know the age of things. Uh, there's, I'm just uh, I brought up uh, the Nexus mod manager. Um, I also did it where there was uh, the expanded uh, weapon mods, so that I was able to essentially a snap on and off weapon mods uh, at will from uh, the Gunrunner stuff Uh, most of the New Vegas uncut which was just uh, adding different encounters and uh, different things that was supposed to be in the game but uh, was cut due to time Uh, uh, a couple modded uh, uh, player houses to just have a place to stay like I said a couple companions which Honestly, uh, the companions in the game, they have their storyline, but outside of that, there's not a lot of interaction with them. Uh, the one that I uh, prefer to use, Willow, will actually uh, sit and uh, chatter away <laughs> about different things going on. Not endlessly, thankfully, but uh, she uh, adds a lot more flavor to the game that I think could have been in the game, but uh just never really was established by the baseline characters. But, uh, like I said, most of my stuff was pretty you know, low-key. It was just there was a lot of uh, little things. And some of the mods were, you know, uh, the New Vegas Uncut, which was a lot of little things, but it was broken up into about half a dozen, or uh, actually nearly a dozen, now that I think about it, uh, packs, for to be able to snap on and off at will.
0: Yeah, so that really <clears throat> got
1: my mod count up, which also made it so that the game was a little bit more unstable. Outside of uh, putting on a bunch of uh, player-made patching and uh, the thirty-two uh, or sorry, the thirty-two sixty-four bit conversion.
0: Uh, yeah. I used a lot of the same mods that you did because we went through and we talked about all of our mods at yeah, one point. Yeah, and, and one plenty of them... of them, like we were already using, or very similar mods. Yeah, but uh, then... yeah,
1: but the one I talked about, uh, you know, having the uh, ammo components, and you were like, they have that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was just comical. Yeah, I was constantly out of ammo in the early game. Uh, I didn't. Um, have that problem,
1: really... but then again, the I only also, uh, yo,
0: know, uh, I
1: was able to. By a, uh, no, I tagged an uh, energy weapon, so I had the laser pistol, which was pretty much a two-shot kill. So,
0: yeah, that yeah, solved was, a lot of my
1: uh, ammo problems.
0: So, I was using a mod called the Signature, well, two mods, Signature Weapons and Signature Armor mod, um, which allowed you to pick one weapon and one set of armor to be your signature, and it leveled up and got bonus stats. And I was going for, like, a gunslinger thing. Up until I got power armor, so I was using a, a ten millimeter pistol uh, and like a cowboy duster outfit uh, the whole game until I got power armor. So the, the in the early game, there's not a lot of ten millimeter ammo, so I was out of ammo a lot and couldn't use my yeah. Pretty much until midway through the,
1: leader, the game. Memory serves. Uh, towards the midpoint of the game, I had uh. Uh, a service uh rifle a uh caravan shotgun which i swapped out for a riot shotgun which was pretty much the same gun only with a bigger uh magazine uh and then the eludes uh seafinder whenever you have to kill every motherfucker in the room nice and also Very one nice. of the mods that i had uh I got attacked by somebody that had a a, a few missile launchers towards the end of the game. (laughs) So, yeah, I I had uh, missiles for the uh, encounter, and also uh, during the uh, campaign, I knew where to find Thump Thump. (laughs) Which Thump Thump is the named uh, grenade launcher. Which is exceptionally devastating. As long as you don't hit somebody that's right in front of you
0: right well then it's still exceptionally devastating just uh oh and one mod I just ran uh, it,
1: just because of how the game uh, portrays power armor was it changes power armor to have a carry bonus so that power armor when worn is essentially weightless yeah so it acts uh, sort of like how it does in Fallout 4 where you know, you're riding along in the power armor you're not carrying the power armor
0: I did not use that mod, but the signature armor mod, that's one of the things that you can, as it levels up, you can get is a carry bonus to your armor. So I had that too.
1: Oh, and also flashlights.
0: Uh, I wound up not using the flashlight mod. I decided not to, though. Well,
1: the thing is that uh, there were several helmets that had uh, some sort of headlamp built into it. (laughs) And also, uh, the power armor, uh, the helmet, has both a headlamp and night vision.
0: Nice.
1: And for some uh, reason, they tied the night vision trigger to the Pip-Boy uh, flashlight. So if you have night vision on, you know, people are able to see a lot easier. Which is irritating. But yeah, the default flashlight, uh, it's essentially you're just lighting up the screen on your Pip-Boy, so it's like holding up
0: your cell phone and trying to light the way. Done that plenty of times before.
1: Yeah, until you realized, wait a minute, my cell phone has a flashlight on it.
0: My old phone actually did not have a flashlight. I'd have to download the app that would turn on the camera, uh, the flash, or the bulb for the camera flash. Mm-hmm. But my phone now has, you can just turn on the flashlight. Anyways, though, that's, uh doesn't really have to do with Fallout.
1: At least with that attitude.
0: Um, so I think that covers the mods because I didn't really have anything else distinguishable to talk about that you haven't already mentioned Um, I don't know if I have any other comparisons I want to make to the other games do you uh, have any more that you want to make? I would say we... that
1: as a whole I think the voice acting is better in New Vegas but then again you know, Bethesda has this thing at least in the Fallout 3 Oblivion uh, era Where they would have one notable actor, and then you know a few people from the office, and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. The voice acting in New Vegas is better than three, but not as good as it is in four. But that's one of those things to just like, yeah. So that's also Bethesda was much was a much larger company later on, so they had more money to spend on voice actors.
1: What you mean they didn't spend all the uh, oblivion? uh, a voice acting budget on uh, uh Patrick Stewart and Sean Bean.
0: It's Sean Bean. I mean, to be fair, if you're going to spend all of your budget on two actors, those are two pretty good ones.
1: Yeah, but you only had Patrick Stewart for five
0: minutes. Well, you know, it was a really good five minutes. Oh, my. So uh, one other thing I wanted to
1: talk about is... Not quite the tone, but how the uh, game handles you. Uh, uh, Fallout 3 to me, it always felt like it was a a very directed experience. And if you didn't do what the game wanted you to, it kind of uh, talked down to you in in words. Uh, Especially the ending for Fallout 3, where if you did the intelligent thing, it, it literally called you a coward. In New Vegas, I never really felt that.
0: Yeah, I don't... It's a good point. I don't think New Vegas ever did that to you.
1: It feels like you have a lot... Well, I shouldn't say feels like. You do have a lot more freedom to approach things pretty much how you will. And you're also rewarded for going off the beaten track a little bit. Or you're able to essentially skip uh, components of a quest a lot freer than you are in uh, Fallout 3 uh the Dipton quest uh to discover you know what happened there for example uh there's a quest at uh the uh ncr outpost uh, that'll send you to dipton uh, to find out you know that it's been attacked well if you don't you know, go off the beaten track uh and you miss that you could go back later and you're rewarded with oh i've already been there and it uh is a little nod and also some of the Easter eggs is also amusing, uh, but it doesn't feel like once again, I guess Borderlands two would be a good example of Easter eggs being there, but yeah, you know, references being there, but being over the top where, you know, like two of the people in the great cons camp is named Jack and Diane.
0: i not going to lie. I've never noticed that before.
1: <laughs> yeah. The two drug dealers. They're Jack and Diane.
0: About Jack and Diane. <laughs> Two many kids going in end hotly. Yeah. Never, uh, I've never noticed that before, but I'm gonna go look for it later.
1: Oh, there's so many Easter eggs. And it's not just quests. It's, you know, Jack and Diane level stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's maybe this just ties into the writing being a lot better in New Vegas, where... Uh, they spent a lot more time world building, and Obsidian is better about building worlds. Bethesda is more about characters and characterization and lore, if that makes any sense between uh, world and lore. I I think the difference is, Bethesda is better at doing a backstory while Obsidian is better at doing a more current, active world. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that comes, and that comes across as a better gameplay experience because you're not as confined because they expect you to go off the beaten track. You're able to essentially cut out a good portion of the intro sequence because uh, you're expected to go essentially across the uh, map in this very well very circular pathway having different encounters but if you really wanted to you could skip the entire sequence but you have to be very careful in doing so but they expect a certain set of players to be able to do that so it's not required while uh, Bethesda it feels a lot more game breaking to sequence break like that and maybe that's just the different approaches of the two studios
0: yeah bethesda definitely learned from that for fallout 4 though there's tons of stuff you can do and then discover later like oh actually i already completed that quest by doing the thing or by discovering it on my own or whatever
1: so yeah like i was uh, coming back from my underground bunker and i stumbled across the fiends and i forgot about them (laughs) Uh, So I was able to, you know, start uh, collecting heads uh, for the NCR if I hadn't already pissed them off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of pissing off the NCR, I guess that's a good time to segue in, or a good way to segue into discussing the story a little more. In depth, I mean, we're not going to go beat by beat on this because we would be here for even longer than what it takes us to go through, yeah. And we also uh, Telltale had two, games and stuff. And we had
1: two completely story uh, well, not completely different, but dear, completely different storylines. Because I went with independent New Vegas, uh, with the wild card uh, uh, series, and you went NCR, right?
0: Yeah, and the first time I played, I went, um. Uh, I sided with uh, House.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which oh, I was uh so tempted to do the Hugh Laurie mod to <laughs> just change the changes the picture of House uh to Hugh Laurie. Uh, but uh, I guess we should uh, kind of do the overview of the factions f- uh, as well because we uh, highlighted what uh, they are or named them, but we didn't really talk about them. We have Caesar's Legion, which is this massive empire uh coming from the east that is built upon slavery and fear you have the ncr which is uh, essentially the old world uh, government uh, but it's rife with corruption and it's trying to expand quickly and then you have house which is essentially corporate america (laughs) right yeah that is the interest of the businessman and you know if i could make a on helping somebody maybe but he also has more long-term goals and house is a rather interesting one where house is one of the few characters that's been around since well if you at this time I should say story wise because you know fallout four and now fallout 76 are gonna add a lot more people to the distinction of being around pre-war but house is you know 200 some years old
0: yeah, yeah, and he's done that by preserving himself, basically. Yeah,
1: he's in a Tupperware I mean, container. Not basically.
0: That's literally. What, yeah, it's, yeah. He pickled himself.
1: Yeah, not Carl was uh, pickling himself, but actually pickling. Yeah, yeah and he is freaky. Did, did you ever see what house looks like?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I have seen what he looks like. Yeah, um, I, I've never done it in game. I just looked it up online at at one point. Well, uh, you kind of yeah, have to look uh,
1: game uh, to do the independent line because you have to yeah, disable house. Yeah, you have to kill him. Well, you don't, yeah. no, no, you don't have to kill him.
0: Well, no, that's true. You can leave him to die, because once you expose him, he's like, I have no immune system left. I'm going to die of diseases, or my age, mm-hmm. or you just kill him.
1: Or my boneitis. But yeah, the... Uh, there's uh, three really different philosophies uh, uh, combating in this game, which uh, makes it a lot more interesting in a story w- wise. not just yeah, good versus evil, because there's honestly looking at all the endings and all the breakdowns in the endings, because it's not just, you know, Oh, this uh, faction one, but also your actions with each of the factions, all the minor factions, all the quests, uh, Plays into the overall slideshow at the end and gives you a different set of uh, you know, endings that you had. Right, I
0: completely and- forgot to mention that we both did. Like you gain reputation or lose reputation with the various factions and areas based on how you complete quests. I tended to play fairly good, um, so yeah, most of the settlements and everything. Benefited from my actions and they really liked me so i got the i guess air quotes good ending. yeah which honestly in uh, that respect
1: there's there's no real good ending uh, because it's all shades of gray granted some of them yeah. are rather dark particularly the legion but there's no real you know, uh, this is the perfect ending which i actually really liked you know, that that's something else that Fallout 3 had, was that it was a very black and white, you know, good and evil ending, and that was it. This, across the board, it, yeah, it's shades of gray. And it makes it feel a lot more realistic because of it. Even if it is a little wacky at times, you know, a gang of Elvis
0: impersonators, for example. Uh, the Kings. They're awesome. They're probably my favorite oh, yeah. they, they were, faction, they were or favorite group in the whole game.
1: Uh, uh, so are you going to show your son the Kings?
0: <laughs> yes, it, it, when he's old enough. Uh,
1: what's uh, What's hilarious is that they don't realize that they're Elvis impersonators. They happened upon a school of uh, impersonation for Elvis, uh, and they thought it was a church. <laughs> because it's yeah. all dedicated to this one man and because of you know, radiation and uh, damage and age nobody was able to figure out the name of the king so he was just the king <laughs> uh, but everybody talks in a very bad Elvis person in her voice uh, but are completely serious about it and are in and, yeah. uh, trying to remember what Elvis movie that, or outfit is based on uh, because it is based on an Elvis movie, but I'm uh, blanking on what one.
0: Oh, I don't, uh, I don't know.
1: Uh, But, <laughs> and the fa- and they're a good faction as well. They're not, you know, they're trying to keep order in uh, the outlying areas of New Vegas called Freeside. Because of, uh, what House has done is essentially cordoned off... New Vegas to the rich portion and the poor portion of town. And in order to get into town, you have to essentially pass a credit check. Otherwise, you're in the slums. So, you know, house is uh, corporate America to a T,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: it's uh, There's just so many interesting little bits in the factions, you know? Uh, some of the towns, there's no good endings whatsoever for them. Uh, I think Novak, you know, it's, you know, they're pretty much fucked no matter what. Because they have a bunch of uh, radioactive waste from the nearby uh, rocket facility uh, poisoning them over time. And, you know, all the ghouls. Yeah. Even if you send them into space, which,
0: yes, that's a thing as well. Yep, I did that. I sent them to space.
1: Uh, Well, I was pressed for time, so I skipped it, but I did it in my previous run where I was actually NCR. (laughs) So I know most of the NCR storyline. Uh, uh, for oh yeah, well, first person I should say, and the NCR storyline it's uh, dealing a lot more with the corruption of the system, and having to uh, deal with you know them trying to overexpand. Because, uh, do they ever really say why they're so eager to snatch up land outside of trying to get it instead of uh, the Legion?
0: Um, I think they're just trying to become the dominant power in what remains of the United that States. Or
1: I, I do know that they talked a lot about uh, supply issues uh, back home. That you know they've grown too big to be able to sustain themselves, so they need more land. So there is that as well. So you know, there's uh, even the good guys, you know, are not exactly clean in this. And then you have the yeah. independent line, which essentially when you start the game you get uh, shot in the head and uh, I would say about a quarter to a third of the way through the uh, main storyline you discover or have the potential to discover because you don't actually have to discover it (laughs) Uh, depending on uh, certain speech checks Uh, the plot that this guy was uh, trying to uh, perform to overthrow House and essentially take over uh, New Vegas. Well, the Courier, which that's your player character, by the way, you're actually, this is is this the only Fallout game that you're not a a Vault Dweller?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I
1: mean, maybe some of the strategy ones, but uh, yeah, that's Don, the mainline story, uh, mainline series, which I realize this one isn't either, but yo, this is one of the few times that you're not a Vault Dweller.
0: Yeah, the only other game I can think of where you're not a vault dwelter is Fallout... What is it? Uh, Brotherhood of Steel? Whether you're playing... It's it's the the tactical or the strategy game. And you're playing as the Brotherhood of Steel, who are not Vault Dwellers.
1: Yeah. Uh, but
0: Otherwise, I think, yeah.
1: Even though you do get a Vault suit, but that was uh, from the Doctor. Yeah. And that's where you get the pit boy as well, but... Uh, you discover this potential plot To be able to overthrow New Vegas And really do as you please There's not a lot of canon Of what happens uh, But it also Allows for a lot more role play So my character by the end of things Was actually a member of the Followers of the Apocalypse as well So I would like to think that my uh, Character was trying to make A better world for all Instead of just you know, the business
0: interest of the Strip the followers of the apocalypse, those are the, the doctor people, Yeah, the right? doctor people, the, that
1: essentially the uh, counterpoint to the Brotherhood of Steel. They're trying to discover uh, technology to help everyone instead of holding it to themselves and uh, prevent yeah, you know, uh, the rise of technology again. So, uh, you know, there's, a, there's several uh, factions that are directly uh, counter, uh, counter to one another, and that's one of them. And of course, the two big, ba- uh, the two big ones, you know, NCR and the Legion. It's such a shame that the Legion didn't get more story. I, I would have loved to, yo, know, see more backstory on that. Yeah. But yeah, I just <clears throat> viewed uh, my character as uh, since uh, he was uh, in the followers of the apocalypse, and as uh, uh, he activated the uh, Archimedes II, uh, uh death laser. Because yeah, why wouldn't you have a giant orbital death laser right? a
0: giant yeah, a giant space laser? I did not do that. I didn't activate the laser,
1: oh, I went like, out I knew of my it way existed,
0: to... I knew I could do it, but I chose not to. I went out purposely. of my way to do it,
1: and it also uh triggered one of the brotherhood of steel quests early <laughs> because I uh, got the uh, weapon for it what the Veronica around,
0: yeah, the little the little ray gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, toy-looking gun that the kids are playing with. Yeah, and what's hilarious said.
1: is the first time you use it, uh, Veronica says, well, yeah, it works.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but, uh you know, I would have the firepower to be able to deal with, uh, you know, the uh, Legion and the NCR, granted it is a once-a-day thing, but, yo, know, it's, they don't have to know that. Yeah. Uh, I viewed it as my position was a lot more solid. And I would try to support the followers of the Apocalypse. I was friends with the Kings. I still had my favor to the King, the King of
0: Kings. Yeah, I was, I was friends with the Kings as well.
1: I viewed myself as you know trying to build a, a better New Vegas. Now the question is, would I be able to in the long run? Because you know you are a courier. You're not you know someone that's dealt with these factions directly. It seems like you're constantly you know uh weren't in the area. You were uh, you're an outsider. But depending on how you handle things, you know, you have the boomers, which are, you know, these uh explosive crazed nut jobs that <laughs> hang out in this military base and fire howitzers. Yep. Also known which, as my spirit uh, animals.
0: Yep. And then the it's the first, I believe, N C R quest like leading to the end game is you have to go convince them to join you. Or join well, the ACR.
1: Uh, well, the wild card is you uh, have them uh, support you directly and not, you know, your faction. Uh, the wild card has a, uh, a a quest called Side Best, uh, which essentially uh, you, it introduces you to, I think, six of the major uh, minor factions. Which I realize major minor. Uh, it's the Boomers. Uh, two of the uh, uh, factions. It's in the Strip. Uh, the Brotherhood of Steel, which I just choose to ignore them because honestly, I didn't. The Brotherhood of Steel as a faction is interesting, but they're irritating, and their quest line is very convoluted and frustrating. Granted, I was able to skip a good portion of it potentially because I got one of the items that uh, they require to be able to continue, but I just didn't care for the Brotherhood of Steel but also viewed the Brotherhood of Steel as more isolationist because of you know, just how things were going for themselves and not how the end game really uh, was going to show things where you know, they were uh, a bunch of raiders, essentially. Well, I didn't view them as that. I was viewing them as uh, them wanting to continue uh, to be cut off from uh, society, which was fine by me. Uh, But let's see. I'm trying to think of who else... Oh, the great cons, which you're able to uh, break the alliance with the Legion and make the final fight a lot easier. Also pisses off Caesar, which is a great bonus. And one other that I'm blanking on. Or maybe it is the boomers for the last one, I don't know. But yeah, the, the wildcard storyline, it's essentially a, a spanner in the works. And it's a lot faster than all the other ones, really. Because you have a, a lot of options to really just skip things if you really wanted to, like the side bets. Yeah, you, know, you could go talk to them and say, "Oh, I chose to ignore them. Yeah, you know, let them deal with their own thing." But in the long run, I feel like that would have been a power uh, destabilization thing. So I still did the storyline. Yeah, you know, a little bit of role playing, a role playing game. <gasps> <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, the game offers that option to you you know? Yeah.
0: Which is great. I think it's good that it has that choice. Um,
1: which, uh, well, I should say uh, the reason why this hard card, or the side bets and the wild card exist is because of Yes Man. Which is the Securitron that was hacked. Uh, not by Benny, but Benny paid someone to do it. To essentially be overly helpful. <laughs> and uh, even when he disagrees you with, with you, he's uh, passive aggressive about it. uh, He's just awesome. Uh, And always so happy to do things. Uh, Sort of like how they wanted to portray Claptrap, only without the annoyance
0: factor. Less annoying. Or not annoying. Yeah, I mean, the NTR questline basically breaks down to doing stuff for them to secure their position in the area to be ready to uh, maintain control of the Hoover Dam. Which is like what the whole main plot revolves around because the Hoover dam is still functional and is the largest supplier of power to the the whole region, and basically whoever controls the the dam controls the area because they control the power supply so uh, in the how does okay, so I, I'm not familiar with the wild card ending. like okay. I know that if you side with house, like he takes control of the dam and capitalism ho. Oh, the NCR, you defend the dam from the Legion um, and, and maintain it. So the NCR remains the most powerful faction in the area. And then for the Legion, you assault the dam and take it over. Okay,
1: the wild card actually plays out a bit like the Legion one, where uh, you are more sneaky about it, though. Especially if you hadn't completely pissed off the NCR yet. Because how I did it was, I did a few quests for the NCR, so I had my rep built up for him. So by the time I hit, uh, you know, in-game, uh, uh, which I think that's... Uh, no, no, the final uh, quest, I believe, is called uh, No Masters, No Kings. Uh, I was able to just waltz right into the control room, and that's where I had my big fight with NCR. <laughs> uh, I was able to walk past everyone. Gotcha. I had a big fight with uh, in the control room. And was able to send, essentially, an energy jolt to uh, Fortification Hill, where all the Securitrons were. And raised my army. Uh, then it was fo- uh, go fight the Legion. So, uh, the wild card is essentially a combination of the Legion and uh, the NCR, where uh, I, at first I'm uh, fighting... In and well, if I hadn't had the pros positive uh rep with them, I would have fought in against the NCR, taken over uh the uh, control room, sent the energy jolt, uh, to kickstart uh all the production for the Securitrons, which had been upgraded. Because the uh, how you're at least supposed to uh, play it, you don't have to, is you are kind of following the house uh line up to a, a certain point where you have. A sudden, but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> uh, with a little bit of NCR on the side, with really just pissing off the Legion the entire way, because uh, there's this uh, point with the in the Legion that encampment where you know you're pretty much the point of no return for them. which is you know uh, setting up the uh, Securatron upgrades. So, yeah, it's a sort of a mixture of the three. It's not its own thing, but that makes sense with how the uh, plot of the story plays out. So, then after the battle of, he- uh, of Hoover Dam and you defend it, you actually go into the Legion encampment and wipe it the fuck out. Caesar's already hot-tailed it back east, so you end up finding as a uh, second in command. Then after that, the NCR comes in and you have a couple of speech checks that you're able to essentially just send them on packing, but the last speech check is like an 80 or 85. <laughs> and I didn't have that high. And I didn't have my magazine uh, used, which that's another thing that's new to New Vegas is you're able to do a temporary massive uh, skill boost. Uh, but I didn't I have it ready, so you know, I failed the speech check, and then the NCR attacked me. Granted, the NCR was kind of surrounded by my Syracurotron army at this point. <laughs> so I killed both armies at once.
0: Nice. Yeah, that sounds f- interesting. I might have to, yeah. Uh, when we're all done with this, take a little bit of a break and then come back uh, and do the, the wildcard run. Yeah,
1: uh, the wildcard run... Uh, it. I would uh, suggest uh, following along with the NCR a little bit and a little bit of the, well, you're forced to go along with house for a while, uh, but to make the end fight easier, but it really is supported a lot more. If you do some of the side stuff and a lot of the little stuff that I wasn't able to do just because of time constraints to essentially solidify your power base, the wild card run feels like the role play run to be perfectly honest. (laughs) You know yeah. because it feels like a courier would come in and see the corruption of the NCR and probably have firsthand experience uh, with it, see the evil of the legion and see house for you know the slimy scumball that he is and say, "Fuck it <laughs> or just you know wander off and into the waste and do his own thing speaking of his own thing uh, since we didn't take a break in between th- uh, segments, I'm going to take one now
0: so so where where were we? where were you?
1: Uh, well, I was uh, mostly talking about how the wild card uh, uh, could really just be called the spanner in the works, because it's really a, I would say, two major betrayals. Caesar, one uh, uh, against Caesar, trying to uh, get you to destroy whatever a house uh, has in his bunker, because he doesn't know, and uh, his... Reasoning for not wanting to send someone down is interesting. Did you ever uh, talk to him about it? No. We, uh, uh, because you did say you did a house run, right? Yes, oh, that but was. But the, there's also the, the food. well, well, there's the opportunity to uh, do it without uh, you know ever talking to Caesar as well. Uh, depending on uh, once again speech checks in the tops that one of the casinos there, you could just kill Benny yeah.
0: outright. The first run that I did was uh, a house run but that was years ago closer to like something like 2011 or 2012 well so some of the nuances i've forgotten of that uh well his uh that main reason
1: for want- not wanting to send someone down isn't for fear of what's down there to his troop; it's the idea of what could be down there Because he doesn't want to show a potential victory where flesh and blood isn't involved. That it's just rivets and bolts that can be spilt. He doesn't want to instill that idea. And even if he kills the person that uh, uh, goes down and destroys whatever there is. uh, He's afraid of that idea leaking out. So he's waiting for you. Because he knows that. You are chasing Benny because you are exceptionally pissed off about getting shot, which yeah makes you wonder yep. why are you so pissed with Benny? Because by that point, I'd been shot quite a bit.
0: <laughs> well, he shot first. Oh, so.
1: the Han Solo effect. Yeah. If he didn't kill Greedo, Greedo would have just been chasing him all across the galaxy. Now it makes sense. Plus, uh, plus, yeah, the snazzy suit. Yeah, there is that and as you well. You like the,
0: the snazzy suit?
1: There was actually, uh, uh, Benny was supposed to be a potential companion at one point as well, but he was cut for Tom. That's why he just disappears after he's released. If you release him,
0: yeah, I, I always kill him.
1: I, I left him for a crucifixion. Oh my! Hey, you do not fuck with me. <laughs>
0: Fair play, fair play.
1: Or okay, you can fuck with me, but you better not leave me in a shallow grave. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the that's the first one, and the other one is of course against House. Yeah, you know, uh, either disconnecting him or just killing him outright. And honestly, House, uh, House's Hubris really got the better of him. Not just yeah, you know, uh, the. The fact that he gave the courier free run of the casino. But the fact that he was behind such light defenses. I mean, he was uh, behind... Well, depending on how you did it, either a 70 uh, skill check on signs to be able to hack the terminal. Or you just had to find one of the key cards, which I accidentally did on my first run ages ago. And uh, during one of the encounters with House, you know, I was just um messing around in his room and I found the terminal and I was like, Oh, what does this do? <laughs> and then I got killed.
0: Well done, sir. Uh but
1: <laughs> well done. But between you and house is only two Securitrons. Which yeah. granted in and they're not that hard to kill. In, in story they're supposed to be a lot tougher, but yeah, you know, you're you're uh, you know, practically godlike and by this point I had I was in full power armor. And my three human companions were in pretty high-end armor. It wasn't until I did Veronica's quest where... Which I feel really bad for Veronica. Uh, Veronica uh, doesn't have a happy ending no matter what. Uh, But her quest line, depending on how you do it, you could get essentially jumped by uh, the Brotherhood of Steel and they donated a few more sets of power armor to the cause. And a Gatling laser.
0: Yay, Gatling Laser.
1: Yeah, which I didn't really use. I did use the gauze rifle, though. That was fun.
0: I love the gauze rifle. One of the most fun weapons. One of the best weapons in the game, I think.
1: Well, uh, the underground bunker has this uh, hidden uh, storeroom of weapons, and one of them is called Pinpoint, which is just this absolutely nasty uh, sniper rifle, which also has night vision on it. And uh, also had a bloody mess. So, you know, it wouldn't just, you know, kill someone. Their head would just fly off. (laughs) Oh, Bloody mess was uh, was so much fun.
0: Yeah, I love the bloody mess (laughs) park.
1: Yeah, pretty much, uh, I would say 75%, 80% of the time, uh, yeah, at least the limb goes flying. Uh, Even from, you know, just getting shot with a BB gun.
0: Or punching somebody with your bare fist and watching all of both their arms pop off and their head like explode. <laughs> it's like, yes, I want this in my game.
1: Yeah, and I was also running Wild Wasteland. So, yeah, during the Battle of Hoover, of Hoover Dam, there were, uh, yeah, a few things there. Like, uh, the radio starts playing game over, man, game over. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, in, uh, Cottonwood where you uh, first uh, your first real major encounter with the Legion uh, encampments well actually the only uh, one because there's the, the fort and uh, the Cottonwood that's the two major encampments for the Legion because most of their stuff got cut from the game there's uh, in Latin Romans go home from uh, Life of Brian <laughs> uh, you can encounter Indiana Jones and in his uh, refrigerator
0: Yep, yep, I've seen that. Don't you have to have the Wild Wasteland? Yeah, yeah I was that running
1: one? Wild Wasteland. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. mentioning some of the Wild Wasteland stuff. You know, it, it, it doesn't detract from the uh, tone overall. I mean, granted in some of the DLCs, it's a little bit more silly, but uh, it's uh, fun, you know?
0: Yeah. I've never played any of the DLCs for New Vegas before, so... Yeah,
1: next month is gonna be fun. Uh... I, I only really messed with one of them, but I know a little bit of the story from the others. Uh, I am so looking forward to Old World Blues. You have no idea.
0: Nope, I've, <laughs> I've never, never played it. So looking forward to that.
1: Uh well, I'm not going to spoil anything for it, but uh, think of uh, essentially the tone of Portal, uh, okay. only more gritty science has gone this mad.
0: Is interesting.
1: And in my opinion, it's the best DLC, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, uh, NCR, uh, is there anything really stand out about it outside of just, uh, submitting their, or, or submitting their, uh, position?
0: No, there really isn't. I mean, it's, you go on, uh, I think there's four or five quests total that make up that line. A couple of them are, are longer, but... No, the Boomers are really the most interesting part of that, getting them to join the NCR. Otherwise, it's just like your errand boy for a while. Making sure that, you know, some people get to where they need to go and, um, you know, killing the right uh, members of the Legion and, and going against House's wishes. And then the big final battle
1: yeah the um main storyline for wildcard is really broken down into a uh, just a handful of quests but uh side bets, uh takes quite a while to be able to do because it's introducing you to and it calls you to go through a large chunk of the primary storylines or primary uh, factions so there uh, it's uh wildcard ace in the hole which is where he uh, get introduced to the yes man change in management which find the platinum chip kill slash disable house and install Yes man into the lucky 38s uh, mainframe side bets which is where you make a contract uh, contact with the five tribes uh, so i was uh, misremembering uh, how many it's uh, Brotherhood of steel uh, white glove society um, ominous uh, great cons and boomers and decide whether or not they should be ignored or uh, as threats or not and deal with them then you and what army go to house's bunker at the fort and upgrade the securiton army and then just the final one i mean it's not that complicated of a storyline but uh, if you don't choose to skip a lot of it it allows you to really uh, uh uh accelerate things and uh, the final uh, quest is "No Gods, No Masters," which is essentially just you know the uh, two versions of uh, the uh, Hoover Dam battle kind of mashed together. Because <laughs> I imagine the NCR, you also go into the Legion camp, right?
0: Yeah, you. I mean, you go and you wipe them out. the The final mission is called Eureka. You defend the dam and then go kill the the Legion or go go kill their camps. So. Um, I mean, based on some of the stuff that you've done and how well it played out, you can get additional assistance from the NCR. Um, You get, like, sniper support, additional artillery support. Um, I think if you've done everything perfectly and you pass a skill check, I'm not sure if it's just a skill check or if you have to also do everything perfectly, but, I mean, I I did both. I, uh, I got the best outcomes for the quest and passed the final skill check. But you get a whole bunch of troops that follows you into the final battle. Um, and basically makes that trivial.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, because I was going in as independent, uh, the final or the first part of the battle would have been just me versus the NCR troops that was there in well, my little group of course. Uh my army doesn't show up until really after the main fight, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and going into the Legion encampment, which I have to admit, watching the Securitrons go nuts in the Legion camp was fun. <laughs> uh uh the only really uh, uh oddball thing or the thing that's outside of the major stories is just a quick visit to a uh, power generator to be able to essentially jumpstart a reactor that's hidden in the Lucky 38 to make uh New Vegas completely energy independent so the story behind uh, the, in, uh, the independent uh New Vegas is that all the power by uh, provided by the Hoover Dam could be sold off to be able to support the independence of new Vegas as a power. So the NCR still gets what they really want to be perfectly honest outside of the land, because most of what they wanted was the
0: power. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm at some point I'm going to have to go back. And do that, I think. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like the
1: independent new Vegas, uh, the wildcards, uh, is more of the role play one than anything else, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't think I have any final thoughts to add.
1: I will say They're that the game, thorough, uh,
0: particularly uh,
1: the, oh, I will say that the game definitely shows it both its age and it, the fact that it was rushed. Uh, yeah, but. It just shows how good it is overall. And it, it actually turns out that you do go to the power substation to make uh, New Vegas energy independent anyway during the house campaign. I was just looking around on this uh, during the house always wins uh, 7. Looks like the house uh, quest line is a lot more broken down into individual steps though, but then again you're following a mastermind. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it It definitely shows its age, particularly in its graphics. Uh, There were some things that just were cut for time or the console limitations or engine limitations in in the original trailers for the game. uh, Several areas that later was uh, shown as uh, uh, that later uh, became individual areas where one continuous area, like the strip, was one zone to be uh, in the uh, trailers, but in the game itself, it's cornered off into what three different sections, yeah, three
0: uh yeah,
1: uh, so part of that is the engine because personally uh Bethesda yeah you know, uh, Bethesda's engine just was not up to scratch to begin with <laughs> to be perfectly honest, uh, oh, so many things I could say about uh, the game bro engine uh. I just really wish New Vegas uh, had the uh, time to really become what it was uh, meant to be. I would love to see a remaster at some point. And maybe, if uh, it was given the attention, some of the cut content put back in. But then again, some of that cut content really can't go in because of the DLC. Like, well, for example, one of the antagonists was going to be a companion. But he ended up becoming something so much more. But that's next month.
0: Indeed, indeed. What a little tease there. <laughs> and speaking of next month's game club, like we already said earlier in this episode, we're going to be doing specifically the DLC. So for Fallout that League would be Vegas.
1: Honest Hearts. Uh, I'm blanking on the second one. Um, I guess I could go pull up. Yeah. Uh. uh Honest Hearts, Dead Money, Old World Blues, and The Lonesome Road. Sweet. Which, honestly, out of all of them, I'm looking forward most to uh, Old World Blues and The Lonesome Road to talk about. And that one's going to be probably closer to our, uh, you know, beat by beat, but not quite.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we're going to, I mean, you know. Unless there's some crazy additional mechanics that have been added. We've already had that discussion and the comparisons and stuff like that. Well, I
1: do know that there's a severe tonal difference in one of the DLCs. I'm not sure if I should uh, mention what one. Uh, uh. Well, there's actually two tonal differences. Uh, But I already mentioned uh, Old World Blues being very campy, uh, 50s sci-fi. That'll be good. Yeah, it, it's going to be a fun time. And it, uh, also all the different DLCs have different weapons that they incorporate and uh, different companions. So we'll have to see how we think about the DLCs next month though. And we did. Indeed. Uh, and I did mention that we were going to do uh, Captain Spirit. Oh, sorry, the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit uh, for September. But well, I was mostly wanting to you know, give the run up for Dwarf Fortress for our Scary, scary game in October. Give people time to be able to start absorbing that game. Because I know I'm about to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to get started on that, too.
1: Yeah, this is going to be the scariest game we could possibly do.
0: Who knows? Maybe uh, it'll click with me and I'll really like it. We'll see. As long as your laptop doesn't burst into
1: flames, it's a good work game for you.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll give it a shot. So, moving on to a little bit of news. Yeah, we're at the two
1: hour and some change mark. We got time for some news. Yeah. Uh, it turns out we ended up talking about games a lot more than we intended.
0: And, yeah.
1: Well, not just do Vegas. And, and
0: Game Club. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah don't doubt the uh, hour mark
1: on uh, games we played. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The main news topic of the week: uh, Steam, a Steam game, is accused of scamming players and crypto mining.
1: Oh, so this
0: is interesting, um, and also not good, but interesting. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah,
1: and this uh, definitely goes against the whole, you know, wide open market that uh, Steam wants to do. Um, I don't agree with them doing, you know. Uh, yeah. You, know, you cannot have adult games. You cannot have uh, the anime boobies. But at the same time, there has to be a, you know, a little bit of... You know, this game isn't a fucking virus. So, uh, this wasn't just one game. This was actually three games, but one got the most attention because of something else it was doing. And I'm trying to find uh, which game it was exactly... Uh, Uh, At Straditorium, it was essentially a really, really, really crappy vertical platformer. But what they were doing was uh, they tied uh, the game into Steam's drop system and uh, did it in such a way where you had to leave the game running for about 40-ish hours a week. And you also had to have it on at a very particular time. Well, people started scanning this game, and it was starting to hit uh, some uh, positives on virus scanners. And it turns out that this game may have had a crypto miner built into it. Not Bitcoin, but something else. Uh, did they actually say which one? Monaro, was- I believe, which- is the coin. I don't know this coin, so.
0: It's a, a relatively popular coin, If unless it's really like fallen out since the last time I checked. I believe Monaro was in like uh, 7th or 8th place in terms of like um, how much value it has. But anyway,
1: uh, what they were doing was they had a, uh, allegedly, because I I haven't seen any hard evidence on this. I've seen some people posting uh, positives on uh, virus scanners, but I haven't seen a breakdown on it but what they were doing was supposedly embedding this Monaro, uh miner into the game and as the game ran which honestly the game required no you know uh, horsepower whatsoever to run and as the game collected its drops it would also mine out the monero coin and then send off the hashes when the game did a manual reset on its drops so the game had to actually be running on uh, a Friday to be able to get the drops reset. And it also happened to supposedly send off the hashes (laughs) that computed. Oh, what, what a scummy uh, thing to begin with. But the drops were designed in such a way that they looked like TF2 items. Some of them, some of them were memes to, you know, uh, be able to get the kids interested yeah, uh, the Pepe frog and uh, some of the more popular memes on the internet.
0: Yeah, there's one about like a gay pan or something like that, or a gay pot. Uh the gay,
1: uh the gay key and the or the gay crate and the gay key, which looked like a butt plug.
0: Yeah, I, I chuckled with uh, and various flags
1: and that sort of thing. But, uh, and some of them were going for you. Know, quite a few bucks because yeah you know, they uh, were had the artificial scarcity to begin with and you know it, uh, you know there were things that other steam games were offering but then you had the items that looked like you know like the tf2 golden frying pan which is yeah uh, you know, several hundred uh to uh, well some of the tf2 items that they were emulating were several hundred dollars the golden frying pan being 1500 uh to $2,000. And it looked like an item from TF2. And even uh, cha- they changed the name on the item to Team Fortress 2. So it's not just, oh, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a fake gra- golden frying pan, so you can put it on your profile. No, it was built specifically to scam.
0: Yeah, was that the one... Where the no, 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 it was the rocket launcher, whatever that one was called, where the guy like got scammed for a hundred bucks on it because it looked exactly like the ultra rare, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Team Fortress 2 guy. So well, I've, I've
1: fallen out on Team Fortress 2, but I do know the golden frying pan, and there was a few other ones that were, uh, yeah, popular that they were also emulating. And the way they had it set up was that the item the item dropped from the game, if you trade it through the Steam uh, 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 trading interface, it looked exactly like you would expect. So it makes me wonder, how were they able to build this without Valve noticing? Because supposedly that's been going on for quite a while. It's just recently got the headlines. Uh, Especially considering they changed the name on the game items to Team Fortress 2. How the hell does that not set off some sort of flag, right?
0: Yeah, well, on the set alpha video, they like changed it real quick after it got called out, but it still says on the URL like it has the Team Fortress 2 name of the thing. I the the I assume they changed it so fast to try and avoid getting in trouble with. Yeah, well, it didn't work because they got
1: pulled, as well as a couple others that's been uh, linked to uh crypto mining one of the, which is hilariously called bitcoin miner <laughs> <laughs> Uh this is the problem with uh the completely open market and valve wanting to just yep be reactionary because yeah they don't want to do any curation which okay they don't want to arbitrate taste but at the same time they should at least have some sort of legal liability to make sure that the games aren't viruses. Is, is that too much to
0: ask? Uh, A Valve? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is really fascinating interesting. and interesting. I would, I would, like... I would suggest that anyone follow the link and watch the Sid Alpha video. He does a really good job of breaking this down. Yeah, it is a little long uh, admittedly, but he uh, it's goes... It's like 10 or 12 minutes long, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but he
1: goes in-depth
0: on everything on it. Yeah. Um, And I like the, the point that he makes, like, this might be the, uh, the replacement for the asset flip. People getting better and better about sliding this kind of stuff in there
1: especially since so many games are building themselves around uh, the player marketplace. Yeah. I mean, find an item that is popular, that's selling quickly, that's expensive. I honestly it would, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at this point that the next asset or, or, or what what do we even uh, call this outside just scam, market scam, uh market cloner. Uh market cloner. Uh, market item uh, uh does it for uh, PUBG items because that's also a popular thing on uh, the Steam market and uh, they wouldn't be messing with Valve directly because honestly I think that's what really got them pulled so quickly was they were messing with the director of the marketplace that they're uh, dealing with granted uh, PUBG has really fallen off I'm just. I'm looking at the most popular items on the Steam uh, marketplace, and uh, I'm only seeing one player unknown's battlegrounds items on the front page, and that's only a hundred dollars, you know.
0: Yeah, only. Um, I don't. I don't know how much there is to add to this topic. It's just the astonishment... You did a really good job explaining it. Yeah, it's the astonishment oh. of it, you know. Uh,
1: I, I, I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, the market could be uh, turned like this, and uh, it just shows how crazy things are getting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is worse than anything on the uh on uh the Android store. I mean, you see all sorts of clones and all sorts of uh you know crappy asset flips, but you don't see that many
0: outright scams like this, do you? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm sure there's a few that have happened somewhere, you know. But, I mean, as, as far as I know, to this degree, like hijacking and using your device to mine a cryptocurrency?
1: And not just mine monocry- uh, a cryptocurrency, of- but also completely emulate an item from a competitor to be able to scam people?
0: Yeah. And Well, there's plenty of that. Plenty of... Faking yeah that yeah but doing like, it different. so that
1: yo know, it's it looks completely legitimate uh to the point yeah. that valve actually has to put a band-aid on their training system so that if you're training for an item that you uh, or a game that you've never played or the uh, game is new on the Steam store it has to do a pop-up because that's something valve just quickly implemented to try to prevent something else from happening again. So maybe this is going to prevent it, but honestly, uh, you, you gotta. Uh, this is going to sound very cynical on me, but what the hell? Uh, no matter all the warnings, no matter all the uh, yeah, cautions, there's always going to be the stupid person, you
0: know. Yeah, um, I although there might be something that's been happening with this. Now that I think of it, the um, the Play Store. Has removed all cryptocurrency mining apps from it, Um, and they're actively not allowing or removing any apps to get added that are cryptocurrency miners. Mm. I mean, you know, you can still get them, but you can't get them directly from the Play Store. You have to download them from like a website or you know a a third-party app vendor. Yeah, you know, so maybe there was something that was going on, but
1: because we're not plugged into the mobile st- scene, because we're not cool yeah. like that, we're not we're not hip with the kids.
0: Yeah, like I just I just remembered I read something about that a week ago or so. It's
1: just more of just pure astonishment about this entire thing, really, than anything else. Because this is something that yeah, uh, this is uh, almost on the level of some of the eve uh, heist that i've heard you know <laughs> where people uh, yeah uh pretended to be something for years
0: yeah and then they uh flipped the switch mm-hmm. yeah uh went
1: in uh, killed their boss took over new vegas not that i would know <laughs> anything about that
0: yeah not not a thing <laughs> okie dokie Uh, Moving on to our other news topic, because this won't take long either. The PUBG Corp details its five-year esports plan, but they also say they're not esports ready.
1: Yeah, mostly I did this to chuckle at where they announced they weren't esports ready. Uh, Because I told you, and you got a good laugh out of it, they announced this at their invitational tournament.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not esports ready. Uh, at our eSports tournament, yeah, it's huh <laughs> I, I do think that they're
1: yeah done right uh Battle royale could be a really compelling eSport. but it, it can't be shot like you do starcraft, you know, it can't be a live stream because there's so many small fights and so many uh you know things that you have to follow. I really, really, really think, uh, uh, okay, probably not PUBG, but because PUBG uh, seems to want to piss off everyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, using PUBG is kind of the generic battle royale because it kind of is. Uh, well, shots fired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh yeah.
1: I would say that a. Edited, you know, two three minute delay so that you know it could uh, be edited on the fly uh, between different uh, uh, camera people, you know, different observers following uh, major firefights, following uh, the big players in the game could be a really compelling thing. I mean, I just go back to constantly this uh, video of uh, Jeopardy or behind the scenes, uh, the develop the the director. Uh, directing all the camera movements. And I'd love to see an uh, a uh, Battle Royale game where someone like that is directing all the camera shots. Instead of having this long, uh, sweeping, overlooking thing where you can't see shit. Because the person that's commentating is also trying to ha- handle the camera and the game doesn't really have a good observer mode. Instead, just have dedicated camera teams and have a dedicated director and let the commentators commentate. And I think uh the Battle Royale is tr- uh, genre is trying to emulate uh Rocket League, they're trying to emulate StarCraft. Uh and that they're doing a single camera with the commentator directly influencing the camera movements and it just does it work.
0: Yeah, I like uh I like that idea. Because, I mean, if you're... Different esports have to be filmed differently, just like different real-life sports have to be filmed differently. Like, there's less difference, I think, between uh, various real-life sports and how you have to film them, but, I mean, there are differences. Okay, I would uh,
1: say, like... uh, This is probably a very bad example, but the difference between how uh, basketball is shown... Versus how baseball is shown, right? Where baseball has a lot more uh, camera movement, a lot more different shots. That could be how battle royale is handled, where it's they have half a dozen, a dozen different uh, observers following around and uh, are swapped to, instead of trying to follow with one, maybe two observers especially with such a huge map created towards the end. It would be a little bit overkill, but in the beginning where things are a lot more interesting, I would say battle Royale is most interesting in the very beginning and the very end In the middle portion. Yeah. The
0: middle bits are very boring.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the very beginning w- would be where all those cameras are very useful. And then at the end, they could set up a lot more uh, variants in the shots. Have it where someone is uh, followed closely, but also follow the overall battle, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's a really good way to do it, I think. I mean, there there could potentially be another way, but I can't think of anything, like, better to do it offhand, you know? Um, Just maybe something a little more tr- traditional, like you follow certain players around, but I mean, if they die... Then you got to move on for the rest of the match. Yeah, that's the problem
1: is that you can't really do independent streams of uh, the major players because uh, the way Battle Royale is handled, you know, you could die at any time. Yeah. And the thing is uh, with this five-year plan, they don't even, at least in the article, really detail what it is. (laughs) Just they have a five-year plan. And honestly, that's a little presumptuous of themselves because, you know... Not not even uh, the fact that you know, PUBG has had a downturn in player base outside of China, but you know, expecting to be relevant in five years. I mean, it's like uh, well, the MOBA genre that's still very popular, but is it is relevant? The MMO genre, the World War Two shooter genre. Uh, gaming moves in cycles and it's a lot shorter than five years. And I really think that the Battle Royale uh, fad isn't going to last five years. Particularly once the AAA games start uh, cashing in this year.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think like most other things, there will be one or two that hang on. Probably Fortnite. Maybe PUBG. I mean, it's still number two, but it doesn't seem to have as much... It's nowhere near as unique yeah, or interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, their
1: big thing that they're planning on is regional professional uh, PUBG leagues with Europe, North America, China, and Korea planned for next year. And additional regions may be added in 2020 with a world championship bringing winners together at the end of the year. Uh, And these leagues will reportedly have a more traditional format following a regulation system, as opposed to the franchise system used by other esports, whatever that means. (laughs) It's kind of funny that they're talking about financing esports, but they are saying that they don't have the money for custom servers.
0: Yeah. I, uh... You know what, I'm just not gonna... (laughs) I'm not gonna take that bait? Just not gonna go there. I'm just not gonna go there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see a yeah, a properly edited uh battle royale game uh as an esport. I think that would be very interesting. But the thing is, uh, I, I think it goes in the face of what's popular where it's instant gratification, you know. Uh, you have to see it happen as soon as possible. So and yeah. also the nature of twitch where you know it's a 10 second delay usually and people get pissed whenever you have you know, multiple minute delays
0: yeah yeah because i mean you would maybe not you said three minutes earlier didn't you say, it might not have to be that long yeah, well but.
1: i was using that as a you know uh, a very wide buffer uh but gotcha uh you know even uh, a live director you know uh i i'm mean, uh, if you've never seen it, go look at the uh, Jeopardy behind the scenes in that director. Someone that knows how to direct and, uh, uh, and have proper camera people uh, able to line up the shots. I would say it would be exceptionally interesting. But that requires a lot more back-end stuff that's not as apparent. And maybe that's the thing is that, you know, it's not, you know, Uh, Some guy sitting on on the E three stream eating uh, Totino's pizza rolls, right? Mm, Pizza (laughs) rolls. Oh, damn! That was cringy as hell, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, made me want pizza rolls though, so it did its job.
1: It made me never want to touch another fucking pizza roll, so it didn't do its job for me.
0: Fair fair play, I guess. So I guess, uh, so I guess,
1: between the two of us, uh, you know, uh, zero sum game.
0: Yeah, it, it it balanced out,
1: as all things should be.
0: Indeed. <laughs> uh but yeah,
1: may, maybe it's just yeah, the, the reason why that doesn't happen is that it's yeah, not as apparent. Or you know, there's a, a certain expectation where it's yep, yeah, a little janky, which could be said for PUBG to begin with. Yes, I went there. I went there. <laughs>
0: Indeed, PUBG is very janky. Very, very janky. Alrighty.
1: And they can't help but shoot themselves in the foot, much like us.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. But what we do shoot is
1: discovery queue.
0: Yeah, let's run through it pretty quick. It's after midnight. So, but we can we can go through real right, quick, fast, and in a jiffy. Oh my! So doobly do for that discovery queue, and I got uh, a JRPG
1: immediately. That looks interesting. Was Memories of Celidia?
0: Sa- Celcada, I think that was that was the first one that I got too, <laughs> but you beat me to it. Yeah. So you talk about it. I mean,
1: pretty much your traditional uh, ARPG. Uh, Oh, action-oriented, I should say, not prepper ARPG, uh, a JRPG. Not a, a, it's like a, some sort of m- interesting map overworld mechanic where uh, you're slowly discovering the map, at least from the screenshots. I'm, I'm not familiar with this series, so...
0: Neither, neither am I. I,
1: I'm, I think it's a, <clears throat> one of the, not the major JRPGs, but it's a pretty big one. Uh, Looks like there's some camera issues, though, and uh, uh, there's some minor game freezing issues, uh, according to some of the reviews, which is bad. There's some people saying that's having crashing issues as well, but if they could patch it, you know, it would work out. It looks like it released a few days ago. Very colorful. It does look like it's a little older, though. It has some very obvious polygons
0: in it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Just Cause 4. I mean, that was the fourth Just Cause game, so you know, you kind of know what you're expecting. But, I mean, I've been a huge fan of the Just Cause series since its inception. So, seeing the fourth one makes me pop up, makes me a little bit excited. Uh, Releasing December 4th right now. Did they give it an official announcement at E3? release date I'm uh, not sure I think this is the first that we've gotten a release date of I mean I'm not going to pre-order it obviously thou shalt not pre-order mm-hmm. but
1: uh, Mega Man X Legacy com- uh, Collection Mega Man on PC hm. interesting
0: not the biggest Mega Man I fan never, personally never but really still that's it. really cool never played it growing up
1: but, the, yeah, Mega Man is a, a major franchise for uh, the Nintendo era. Uh, looks like it requires an o- internet coll- connection on game launch, though, so that's a definite no-no.
0: Uh, yeah, that is no way now.
1: Yeah, it's not an activation, it's uh, online to be able to launch. So, hey, Capcom, you, sc- you dumb fucked up. Uh, why are you DRMing Mega Man so heavily? Especially Mega Man X. This is an older game, isn't
0: it? Yeah, Mega Man X was... Not 90s? Early 90s? And
1: this is a well, a Mega Man X collection, so... I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it I be, mean it's an uh, older collection because it's in 4x3.
0: I mean, all those games are emulated at this mm-hmm. point, so...
1: I mean, it's not that expensive to begin with. It's 20 bucks. Yeah, it's... Expensive for an old collection, but
0: still, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's Sonic, popular, so you know, classic. So that's why they're charging. I got another one. It. I I also have one. Uh, Gaia. It doesn't look great, but the sci-fi base-building survival game that pretty much has me uh, interested. So we'll see. It doesn't release until 2019, and even then it says it's going to be early access, so I'll, I'll watch it and see if it looks like it's going to turn into anything or not.
1: Well, I got the Banner Saga 3, which is this massive CRPG saga at this point. Uh What's interesting about it uh, that you don't see that often these days is that uh the choices from the previous games carries over, you know, sort of like how Mass Effect was supposed to. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And supposedly it makes some real difference in the storyline. Uh the first two are given out uh for uh, uh well the prom day giveaways uh, on Twitch last well by the time you're listening to this last month. Well, I guess technically now last month. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it's a very, very interesting thing. I would say that it's probably best to go back and play the first one first, you know, like you do. Uh, but, yeah, just some stunning art in this. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is one game series that I need to go play, I and mean, I've got the first two now. I was, uh, I was actually but holding off go. on picking him up until after the third one came out. But hey, free is free, right?
0: Free is free.
1: And I'm still clicking my, through.
0: Uh, my queue's finished. I only had two.
1: Well, I'm skipping some of these. Oh, I just got Gaia.
0: <laughs> nice. It's been a couple shared this time.
1: And I got some really crap ones. And some that, yeah, would uh, interest other people, you know, like uh, just got Farming Simulator 19. But I'm not going to put that on my queue, but hey, Jim would love it. And
0: <laughs> yep,
1: that wraps up my queue. I didn't have a lot Sweet. of really good ones.
0: So I had two and you had three. Yep. Excellent. Well, we'll move on from this to the part of the podcast where I go first. Well, while you go first, if I'm going to wanna... get
1: up and stretch.
0: Okay. If you want to see my content on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. And I just want to give a quick thank you to the few subscribers that have uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel. If you are also indeed podcast listeners, or maybe you listen to the podcast when I put it up on my YouTube channel. Regardless, thank you very much. If you want to see me tweet all sorts of things, you can do so by going over to at JMA4707 on Twitter. Follow me there. Uh, haven't I haven't had too many tweets this past weekend. I I was pretty busy though with some uh some personal stuff that uh, I didn't want to tweet about. So nothing there. But sometimes there's politics. Sometimes there's video games. Sometimes I'm just silly. You never know what I'm gonna tweet about. Also, if you want to see me over on Twitch, you can go to Twitch.tv slash jr34707. Haven't been streaming. Here lately, but I have been posting the episodes as Twitch premieres so that people can watch live if they would like to do so. Finally, if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending me a friend request. My username is jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests from people who send them to me, and so far, uh, everyone has been very nice and kind and lovely. Lovely, lovely people sending me friend requests on steam
1: and if you will to know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from the password for this week is johnny guitar nice yeah it seems like every time i was near a radio in new vegas johnny guitar was playing uh, was that for you as well or
0: what? um i tend to not listen to the radio in the fallout games
1: No, 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 Um, no, 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 no. no. I'm not talking about No, no,
0: I know whenever you wander up near places that have radios too, but uh, I honestly don't pay attention to it. So maybe, maybe not.
1: It has this really slow uh, uh, pace that just kind of uh, uh, drew my attention, I guess. And plus, I kind of enjoy that type of music anyway, but I got a
0: little tired of Johnny Guitar. Fair play. What about you, buddy? Where can they find you on the interwebs? Oh,
1: well, you can find me over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, where in theory I would have a lot more stuff going on. But uh, New Vegas has uh, monopolized a lot of time to be able to get jump started again. Maybe I just uh, need to take over an electrical uh, st- substation and get the reactor uh, uh, jump started, you know? Uh, but Rimworld is still ongoing, have some interesting things going on there. Uh, after I would say five or six uh, poison ships in a row I uh, got a raid and also an infestation to deal with in the next few episodes so yeah that, that's going to be fun <laughs> Uh hope to try to get other stuff going it's just it, it takes a lot of time and I'm wanting to get through game club stuff so I focused on that and yeah also was trying to do the Sunday sampler but uh, just recording issues the tactical uh, uh, screens on This Is The Police too just would not uh, behave themselves I was just having way too many lockups to want to risk it granted I probably could have done an edited version but that would have required too much time to be able to well edit because I, I don't you know slap dash editing like well our all powerful editor I take way too much time indeed awkward silence
0: <laughs> Did well? Did you uh, like get lost?
1: No, no. I was waiting for you. Something? No, it sounded like you were about to say something. So,
0: oh no, I just said indeed when you talked oh. about slapdash. editing. Well, I didn't
1: hear indeed. I heard. Mm.
0: Oh, my mistake. Uh, it's fine. I'll fix it in post.
1: No, you won't. <laughs> because that would require more than slapdash. Uh, but. Yeah, hopefully get the Sunday sampler out this week. It's just, it's a very chaotic uh, thing to begin with. And whenever I have something that uh, is great until about three or four hours in, then I start hitting the recording issues. Yeah, it's a little hard to recover from that. Particularly when I was already uh, counting on uh, doing that with the embargo and placement. Eh, That's beside the point. Uh, So, yeah, I'll try to get more content out uh, sooner rather than later. We still need to record some spin tires this week, assuming you're going to be awake we, for that.
0: We do, indeed. and they just announced a DLC for that as well. Woo! Uh, uh, new a paid
1: DLC. No, uh, a couple okay. of new maps, new map? yeah. Sweet. But we need to figure out the uh, 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 the workshop maps because some of them look fun, and then oh, and some of them look fun. Uh but you can find all that over on Gaming with Caffeine Rage. Or you can just see me tweet about who knows what, who knows when over on the Twitter, Gaming with a C R. Uh was I think that my last thing was bitching about my internet connection. Turns out uh someone rolled a truck into a utility pole <laughs> and knocked my connection out for thirteen or fourteen hours.
0: Uh yep, that'll do it. I was not
1: pleased. <laughs> Uh, but what really pissed me off was, you know, call the customer support. I say, oh, there's an outage in your area and hang up on you. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, Game of CR on the Twitters. And since we're talking about Twitters, there's also the podcast Twitter, VGL podcast on the Twitter or VGL podcast at gmail.com. Where you can send letters, voicemails, game related topics, questions, which we should do a question sometime in the near future because we've kind of been neglecting we should. that.
0: Should, it's been a little bit. Yeah.
1: And, well, something we won't neglect is to mention our Patreon, patreon.com slash VGL Podcast, which pays for our Podbean account, VGL Podcast. com, which hosts the RSS feed as well as the show notes. Or you just goes through iTunes, Google Play but not Squeaker, or whatever the hell it is. (laughs) Spreaker? Spreaker, Squeaker, whatever. Fuck them, right? Indeed. Uh, But we won't fuck uh, Kevin McLeod, who provides our intro and outro music on the ground, or doobly-doo, the Discovery Cube music, by the same artist. And you can find him at incompetech.com. And...
0: As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, see you next time. You know, the the song that sticks out to me the most from the Fallout series is still, I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire, <laughs> from Fallout 3. That trailer, that very first trailer, I think it was the E3 trailer back in, what, 06, well, 07? It has that
1: sort of haunting, uh, lilting uh, 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 quality to it already, which really fits the
0: Fallout series. I uh, don't. Maybe I'll put that in here because this will be the post. <laughs> The post uh, banter, post outro banter. Well, I'll tell you
1: what's fucking popular here is the uh, Fallout 76 uh, 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 stuff. It's just crazy how uh, popular it is in uh, West Virginia.
0: Take me home. Uh, the irony of
1: it all, the irony, I the irony of it is the song isn't even about West Virginia. <laughs> no, no, really. No. Oh. If you look at the, if you look at the lyrics and look at the, uh, a fucking map, Maryland and Virginia, it doesn't have a damn thing to do with West Virginia outside of mentioning the state. Yeah, and some people go you know, retcon it say, "Well, uh, maybe
0: he's wanting to go to West Virginia." No, the artist never went. <laughs> well, maybe he went, but not during the song. Oh.
1: Honestly, uh, with some of the stuff that goes on here, uh, it would be getting the hell out of here.
0: (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Bye-bye.